Hello and welcome to another episode of Archive Panic. I'm your host, Ben Niven. Hey boys, it's Jacob. <laughs> and today we are taking a look at the 1982 movie, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. <laughs> but before we get into that, how are you doing today, Jacob? I'm fine, you know, I'm great. I was, I was just... Spent my day on the bus today, so it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to, do you, so how's, how's your team? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry. So for those of you who aren't aware, we record these podcasts a week in advance, right? So anything that you're listening to us talking about, recent events, we're probably going to be a week behind. That came back in glorious fashion with last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> When you're sitting there talking about how fucking chuffed you were that the Packers were in the fucking playoffs. We beat the Cowboys, but we couldn't beat the fucking 49ers. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I know nothing about American football. I don't give a shit. I just revel in your suffering well, at this point. my backup are still in. Except they're facing the fucking Chiefs, so... Uh, I get it up, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. And what were they? They're the reigning champs at the moment? They're the reigning champs. They also have the power of the Swifties behind them at the moment, so... Oh, yeah, with the fucking Kels crew. Uh, Travis Kels... Kelsey, yeah. whatever the fuck you want to pronounce his name, but yeah. Yeah, he himself changes it depending on who he's talking to, so... Yeah, yeah, but, you know... There's no chance you're going to get that shit right. I would like to see the Ravens beat the Chiefs, and I would like to see the Lions beat the fucking 49ers and, you know... A, Rav- a Ravens-Lions final would be really fucking cool. Yeah, especially for the Lions. They haven't been in since, like, the fucking... I don't know. 90s or something? They haven't been in the playoffs since the 90s. I don't know when yeah. the last time they reached the Super Bowl was. So. Aye, so like, that's going to be massive for them. Yeah, so, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so apart from that, how are you doing? Well, I'm fine. I've been chilling. and uh, I, just, uh, I haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm just going to plug something. So uh, <clears throat> please... Sign uh, and uh, like us on uh, Instagram or follow us on Instagram, however the fuck you do it on Instagram, right? Because uh, I'm going to start doing a thing called uh, Jacob's Movie Nugs. <laughs> where I'm just going to post course, things. Where I'm just going to. Where I've named it fucking Nugs, you <laughs> absolute degenerate. Where I'm just going to post movies that I've, I've watched to just give you a, a small, tiny little uh, review. Maybe uh, uh, we'll cover right. these. Maybe we'll cover these movies on the show at some point. I want to make it crystal fucking clear that uh, you did not run that name by me until we started recording. So, <laughs> and I do most of the social so media. So that that fully took me off guard there. That was, and I do most of the social media, so I feel like I can. So, oh no, no, fair play to you. Right, you you basically you run the Instagram essentially, right? The only the only posts that. Uh, you don't make an Instagram are the actual like episode is live posts and that's just because I'm the one that does the thumbnails so I have that yes. image file on my computer anyway yes. so but, Jacob's uh, movie nugs oh, for fuck's coming sake coming soon uh, they'll just be like little quick snippets of reviews you know, right, just, it'll be reels basically or stories yeah, on Instagram yeah. we might cover some of these movies eventually on the show but a lot of them are going to be things that are like because I do want to branch out on the show from just doing like horror and sci-fi things and of course, you yeah, want uh, to talk about like a wide variety of movies yeah. uh, on this show, but at the moment we're kind of locked in uh, with Marvel and Craven. So yeah. while we're locked in at that, we're going to use the Instagram to talk about films that we've seen recently, as well as the first, you know, the opening 10, 20 minutes I mean, of the podcast as well as we normally do. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think uh, the audience knows that uh, 
that I really want to do Fast and Furious on this fucking show. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because those movies are amazing. So <laughs> I don't want to do it. Oh, no, they're I great. really fucking don't. I just like the escalation. I'm, I know, I'm, you know what the, the big thing for me is, right? Is that I'm scared I'll like them. <laughs> see, I was. I'm uh, really scared see, I was, that I'll really fucking love them, right? See, when I watched them as well, that was my fear. But then I just gave in. <laughs> Your fears were realised. It's like the fucking Call of Cthulhu, right? You know, you just need to accept the madness. Yeah, yeah I had a great time watching those. <laughs> I watched. I'm pretty sure we watched them. Like, we didn't watch them all in one go. Me and my old flatmate watched them. Um, I think we did. It, I think we watched like one a night, maybe two, and uh, over the course of like a week. It was it was fucking it was fucking great up until Hobbs and Shaw, uh, so I haven't seen the most recent two, but you know, but yeah, uh, Jake's movie. Seen what's Fast X. I haven't seen Fast Nine or Fast X. Right. So, really. but yeah, coming soon. Jacob's movie nuts. Yeah. So be sure to follow us on Instagram archive underscore panic. You'll find us there for our uh, hints on upcoming episodes. You'll see we'll post there what the next movie we're going to be covering is and whatnot, as well as as. The aforementioned Jacob's movie Nugs. I fucking why? <laughs> I could call it something worse. Please don't. <laughs> Jacob's movie Dingleberries. <laughs> That's. <laughs> you can't decide if that's better or worse. <laughs> it weirdly works though. Like <laughs> it weirdly works though for the kind of films we'd be talking about, like the little hangers on. You know, they're not quite part of the main movement, but they're like. <laughs> They're there. Uh, so, huh. You know what I mean? It weirdly works in the context of this show. It works. Mm. And I hate that it works. Jacob's movie Nugs. But, but yeah, no, Nugs is better. But, uh, 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 but uh, I was going to post a, a few um, a couple of days ago, but you know, um, I forgot. Life got in the way. That's yeah. what we'll say. Life got in the way. Yeah. So, you know, but I have, I have watched a couple of things that we'll talk about here though. Uh, like, go on, elaborate. Right, uh, okay, so I watched. Uh, I finally watched Dial of Destiny, the most recent Indiana Jones movie. Um, I don't know. If would you Would you consider yourself a, an Indiana Jones fan? I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of them. I never. I didn't grow up watching them. Um, I knew of Indiana Jones, but I never owned any of the movies or anything. I used to only ever see them on TV. Right. I'm pretty sure the first Indiana Jones movie I saw all the way through was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Cause I oh, to... poor, poor. Well, Jacob. here's the thing. Because because I didn't see any of the other ones all the way through, I didn't give a fuck about any of the shit in Kingdom yeah, of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. So I quite liked it when I went to see it. And I still quite like it, you know? Oh, no, I've, I've talked about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at length in, in the past, uh, both with yourself and basically anyone who'll listen. Uh, essentially it is a good Indiana Jones movie yeah. it just it doesn't it it, go, it doesn't go far enough in the places where it needs to and it holds back sorry it holds back in places where it needs to go further and it goes too far in places that would be better off left as suggestions yeah and that's the, my best like fucking like criticism of the movie I could possibly give I mean, I quite like this one. I I didn't have anything against it. I just thought it was kind of fun seeing Glasgow again in a movie. So yeah, and I saw them actually filming some of the. I, it's interesting seeing Glasgow in a film that is you know somewhat optimistic for once because normally whenever Glasgow is used in a film, it's Gotham or communist Russia. So it's nice to or, see. Or for some reason, London in the Fast and Furious movies. Fuck that shit. That is. <laughs> but you know, that's the fucking worst. I did see that. That actually came up. That clip came up in my TikTok recently. 
No, it was like, it was like somebody was commenting on it, just being like, they really tried to pass this shit off as London. And it was the shot, and it was just straight up like, I know exactly what fucking street they're on. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and Hobbs and Shaw, the big fucking uh, car chase in London is literally just down the same street, just over and over again. Yeah. And I know where that street is, it's uh, fucking George Square, but... Um, yeah, it was just up and no, down George it's, Square it's, in Glasgow. It's fun seeing uh, City Chambers and Indiana Jones and fucking uh, yeah. the parade scene. I actually saw them shooting some of that when I was living in Glasgow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, I remember it being a really fucking warm day, so, you know. But, um... No, I, I, I don't Harrison know. having to shoot that in a really warm day, wearing, like, the big fucking jacket and the hat I don't and think all that. he was there. Because the bits that he's in during the parade scene, like during the action scenes and that, looks very green screen to me. So I don't think he was there. Oh, you think he was shooting in like London or some shit? Well, maybe. He I just don't didn't know. come to Glasgow. But uh, I don't... Come to Glasgow, <laughs> you prick. No, he was in Glasgow in some of the scenes, just not that fucking parade bit. Alright. But, uh. You're off the hook. Indiana Jones, like, I, I didn't grow up with him, but I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before. I like me some fucking adventure type movies where they go raid fucking tombs and shit. Oh, fuck yeah. So, like, I. Like, I, the, like the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movies, fucking great. The fucking. The Mummy. Na- the Mummy, National Treasure. <laughs> National Treasure's fucking great. I haven't seen the Uncharted movie, but I like the video game. I don't like the. Un- I'm not a big fan of the Uncharted movie. I do like that Nolan North has a cameo in it. Mm. I like that. That's cool. Uh, it's, I like the to be. I like the story of how the Uncharted film ended up getting made more than I like the actual Uncharted film. Is that where Mark Wahlberg thinks he's? Mark, no, this isn't it. Right. So when they first started putting it together, Mark Wahlberg was going to play Nathan Drake, mm-hmm. and he was young enough to do so. Because the film started uh, production around about the same time as the second game reached its height. Because that's when the series arguably was at like. The, its peak kind of in terms of like brand recognition yeah, yeah, yeah like if you had a PS3 you had Uncharted 2 but it just right? took fucking forever to come. but it took so long to come out that he aged out of the role and had to be given the role of Sully and so the producers panicked and were like fuck who's a hot ticket right now um 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 fuck it Spider-Man you'll do <laughs> yeah I've, I've, have you heard Mark Wahlberg talk about it though he's sitting there and he's like oh yeah we're, we're gonna be shooting soon and he's like oh okay who's in it with me and he's like, they're like Tom Holland he's like who the fuck is Tom Holland gonna play yeah he, <laughs> who's he, he gonna play bro he, he was still convinced that he was gonna play Nathan Drake and I was like oh you poor bastard <laughs> but no, I, I haven't seen it it's been on like on the TV and stuff when I've been around the house it looks passable like it doesn't no. it looks okay yeah like the problem with like the problem with making an Uncharted movie, for me, right, is the fact that the games are so, like, kind of cinematic already and kind of rely on that interactive... They do do that. The bit of the Uncharted movie that I have seen, they... Uh, they do the Uncharted 3 plane scene. Yeah, but, like, this Indiana but, uh, Jones movie, though, it was... It was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was fine. The, the weird de-aging stuff at the beginning was a bit odd, um... They had it a lot in, you know, dark lighting, just so you don't look at it too closely. And Mads Mikkelsen was good as the villain, you know, but he's always good, so... You know, that's just... not, you know that's not how you pronounce his name? Yeah, it's probably... It's something. Mass. Ah, well, whatever. The, the, the D is silent, it's Mass. Who gives a shit? Fucking Danes, right? But hey! <laughs> I mean, Artillery is a good band, but, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> Lars Ulrich's from Denmark, I suppose. Yeah, we love the Danish. Wait, Lars Ulrich's from there? Ah, fuck them! <laughs> Lars Ulrich was right about the fucking Napster thing. That's a story that nobody wants to talk about. But oh no, yeah, true. No, he was he, he was right about that. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, uh, Napster was fucked up. Mads Mikkelsen was good as the villain. You know, Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford. He's fucking class. Yeah, uh, he's I, awesome. It was a fucking long though. 
Yeah, I'm a, I, because we've been watching a ton of movies for the sh- for the show, right? I I kind of get it, and I kind of have a system where it's like, all right, I usually drink doubles when I'm drinking my whiskeys, right? When I'm yeah. watching a movie, and usually our movies are like an hour and a half, an hour and forty five minutes at the most. Right, because the vast majority of movies that we watch are from the seventies and eighties. Oh, uh, so I'm able to space out. At one point, I was sitting, I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm plowing through these fucking whiskeys tonight." No, no, I wasn't. Well, I was, but it was because the movie's <laughs> like two and a half hours long, and I just didn't realize this. So I'm like, "Why the fuck? Wait, why would you make a fucking Indiana Jones movie two and a half hours long? There's no fucking point in that." I don't know. It was fine for what it was. I liked no it. need. I liked it. The other movie I saw though. Why isn't he? Why isn't he cunt making ninety minute movies anymore? Every fucking film I go to see is like two, three hours long. I don't know, but like it's uh, just become the standard now. The other movie I saw, right, right, fucking uh, the Long Good Friday, fucking uh, oh, the Bob Hoskins uh, detective thing. No, it is oh, no, Bob a gangster Hoskins. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it is Bob gangster. I like that's another thing. For I some like reason, my, for some reason, my mind combined uh, that film with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And it was very fucking strange for a period of time in my head there. That was weird. But no, I, I like me some gangster movies as well, but th- this is like one of these British gangster movies, but it was from 1980, so it was pre-fucking, uh, what's his name? Pre-Guy Ritchie. Uh, so not everything's like a Marvel movie where it's quippy and everybody has to be quirky as shit. Like, uh, this film can get pretty brutal. <laughs> so, you yeah. know. I, I liked it. It was it was good shit. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's in it, very briefly, as an IRA guy, fucking typecasting right there. Uh, Isn't that one of his earliest roles? Yeah, maybe when it was first, yeah. I think it's like stabbing cunts and shit. And... Yeah. But speaking of Guy Ritchie, though, apparently the the final shot of this movie was like referenced heavily in The Gentleman. So, um, but yeah, I haven't seen The Gentleman, so I can't confirm. But um, um mate, I've, I've right, I'm okay. Missed it when it was in cinemas, and uh, finally managed to catch it when it was on the telly one night. And holy. F- Fuck, man! I was just—you'd probably like this movie. it's, yeah. it's, it's really good. I really, I, I love a good British gangster movie. And There's the something city. about it, like that, like obviously, like the Guy Ritchie stuff, like Snatch, Lockstock, The Gentleman, is like big, but also stuff like I don't think Guy Ritchie didn't do Layer Cake, did he? He had fuck all to do with that. No, he didn't do Layer Cake. Was... Yeah, Layer Cake was fucking great. I can't remember who did Layer Cake, but no, it's uh, but this movie's really good. It's got like uh, you know Bob Hoskins is great, um, Helen Mirren, but nineteen eighties Helen Mirren, so like you know she's she's pretty good looking. You know, so. She's always good looking. Yeah, yeah. You I'll... can't deny that Helen Mirren is a fucking babe. No, shit got awoken <laughs> in me when I watched Prime uh, Prime Suspect, and it was like the season where she's like I don't know how old she was when she did it, but Oft. late fifties maybe, and I was just sitting there like aye. Uh, good movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, the soundtrack was great. It's very, it's kind of very synthy, and there's a lot of saxophone going on. And oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Denzel from Only Fools and Horses appears as a as a drug dealer. It's great. <laughs> so you he's know. a fucking phenomenal actor, by the way. He doesn't get enough credit for the shit that he does, but even just in Only Fools, he is fucking unreal. And yeah, this film's got everything I want in a British gangster movie. Fucking uh, crime, some little bits of glitz and glamour there, and fucking IRA. So <laughs> so you know. I am Belloc from Raiders of Lost Ark, isn't it? Eh? Yeah, he's a... He gets honey pot trapped by Pierce Brosnan and fucking gutted. It's it's, it's, it's a thing. So, there you go. Alright. <laughs> Great movie. Long Good Friday. I highly recommend. Uh, Indiana Jones, Die of Destiny. Eh. If you like Indiana Jones, you'll probably like it. So, fucking go for it, you know? Alright. But yeah. Jacob's movie nugs. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> So I also actually managed to take some time off to watch some films uh, throughout this week that weren't for the show. 
the the best of which was easily uh, uh, Batman: The Doom That Came to Gotham. Ooh. Now it's it's well. I don't. I don't actually think I've talked about how much I fucking love Mike McNola's work on the show. Probably not. No. I don't no, think I have. But we haven't uh, done Hellboy or anything. Yeah, we so. haven't really touched anything that he's been a part of. But I, but basically, I love his art style. I think he's fucking phenomenal, and just his overall philosophy when it comes to designing characters and making and putting together like some interesting stuff that will really like kind of catch your eye and tells a story in and of itself beyond just what the character's actually saying and doing. Like just looking at his like designs for the likes of this film's version of Poison Ivy or his novel's version of Poison Ivy tells you almost everything you need to know about the character With before you've even heard like their backstory and how they go about like their powers or anything like that you just you can tell by fucking looking at them and it's something that I really admire about Magnolia so I picked up this movie being like okay this is going to be interesting seeing his animation in motion to see how much it does because some artists like uh, Magnola, they can be fucking phenomenal. Their art style can be absolutely fucking shit hot on the page. The second you try and animate that shit, it just falls apart. Like, yeah, they start uh, to look like fucking Kevin and Philip from South Park. And a little bit, yeah. Like this. <laughs> Terrence and Philip. That's what I said. No, you said Kevin. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, uh, it can start to look a little bit South Parky, aye. But uh, no, this film knocks it out of the fucking park. It, it kind of goes like a halfway. It kind of takes like the halfway approach where you can still very clearly tell that it's based off of Magnolia's work and his art style, but it scales back enough that it still looks good in motion. Like it does the all the right things for that and the animation throughout it is fucking phenomenal. The actual story of the film is this awesome like kind of Call of Cthulhu-esque tale where like uh it's like an else it's an elseworld st- world story basically set in like a kind of victorian era gotham do basically the, they should do the one where he turns into a fucking vampire that was an elseworld thing fuck you right stop bringing that shit up <laughs> that was a good one anytime i talk we talk about batman you bring that shit up it's because it was good no it was <laughs> it was fucking bollocks no it wasn't. It's one of the most beloved Elseworld stories there is. I can't hack it. It's, there's something about it. It's just pure hokey to me. I just didn't like it. Fucking kills Jim Gordon and shit. It's fantastic. Yeah, fuck that. It comes so, back as a ghost and it's, murders everybody. It's, it's great. so needlessly edgy. It's not even edgy. It's just... you just fucking like... Ah, killing cunts. It's not even edgy. It's just... I don't know. <laughs> oh man, I just I didn't like it. Hyper violent is great. Uh, no, what's the, what was the art style I was trying to think of when I was talking about that? Fucking Kingdom Come. I can't even mean the guy that done it. Something Ross. Uh, but he does this like kind of almost... Alex hi- Ross. Yes, that's it. It does the kind of almost like hyper-real versions like Superman and all that kind of stuff. And uh, trying to animate that style would be fucking damn near impossible. That's the kind of similar vibes I had with Magnola, but they knock out of the park with this film. The various different members of the, of the Bat family that we meet are great. I love this version of the Robins. And how they come about. And yeah, highly recommend it to any DC fans, which quite neatly leads us into Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah, you've heard about all the good movies, now we're gonna tell you about a pile of shit, so yeah. Wait, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna give this film its its a, a fair shake. Right? <laughs> it's not a pile of shit. It's I I wouldn't call here's the thing, right? I couldn't in good conscience say that this film is terrible, because it's not. 
it when it does what it's trying to do well, it's really fucking good, right? There are moments throughout this film that are like, okay, I'm I'm in it now. This is this is good shit. But then <laughs> it just it. It doesn't so much go off the rails as it so much blows up the train station uh, <laughs> and just fucks off into the stratosphere. Like, this... Good Lord. Like, the ending of this film alone <laughs> is enough to dis- is enough to fucking, like, send a man insane. But, aye. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Swamp Thing, 1982. Oh, let's let's get into this shit. Okay, so we'll have we have the vitals here. Written directed by Wes Craven. He fucking wrote this, so you know. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Based on characters created by Len Wine and Bernie Wrightson. So, yes. you know. And uh, this uh, to be honest, at the time that this film came out, this is a fairly faithful adaptation of Swamp Thing as it existed in the nineteen eighties. I guess. Yeah. I haven't read the comics, so I don't really know. I haven't right, I don't I'm not overly familiar with Swamp Thing, at least nowhere near as much as I am with the likes of Batman, The Flash, uh, or even Green Lantern. But uh, I do know a decent amount about him uh, in terms of like his comic origins and things like that through other media that he's appeared in. Uh, like The big one for me was the game Injustice 2. He plays a really big part in the... Well, not a really big part, but a fairly pivotal role uh, in that game's story. And kind of went from there. Read a few of like his original comics and that. It kind of was. It was like DC's attempt at like a pulp comic. Mm. Basically, it's essentially DC's version of the creature from the Black Lagoon. That's what Blech. he started out as in the comics, and that's what this film kind of takes and runs with. Is that idea of like the kind of almost romantic uh, monster movie? Yeah, well, didn't do too well. What, what do you think the the budget was? I mean, the makeup's pretty. Uh, I don't want to say decent. No, uh, the make. No, no, the makeup is shit. <laughs> the, ma- the the fucking suits are shit. <laughs> right, not right. They do the best with what they have, and it's shit. And it's <laughs> it's. I wouldn't say it's shit, considering this is nineteen eighty two. Right. I looking at considering the character. West Craven they, himself would disagree with you. Well, considering the character that they picked, right. Mm-hmm. I'm unsure as to how they could have done a better job for the makeup of this character without like increasing the budget by a solid 50 mil right mm-hmm. for like the makeup alone you know I mean I've, you know actually you know who would do a fucking shit hot swamp thing I feel like if Tom like Tom Savini or Screaming Mad George picked this up I feel like they could do a pretty fucking decent version of swamp uh, thing I don't know Screaming Mad George would make it a bit too rubbery he has a problem making everything he really He does rubbery. have a wee bit of... Yeah, no, that is fair. But even so, he has that kind of weird, like, kind of almost Dali aspect mm. to, like, the melting flesh and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, what but do you anyway, think the budget was? <laughs> budget for this movie, I'm going to go with a solid 20 mil. 2.5. Fuck off. 2.5 million. Yep. Well, no yep. one of the suit looks the way it fucking does. Yeah, but, you know... Uh, even Wes Craven looked at the suits in this, right? And, you know... He looked at the costumes for it, and the, the guy who designed them was like, "Hey, what do you think?" And a, Wes Craven apparently just replied with a, <sighs> "Just sigh that." <sighs> Good lord. Uh, box office. I don't actually have any box office numbers for this. Uh, I couldn't find. It any. did not make its money back. I will say that much. It, this well, film, not in cinemas at least, but it did do well enough on video and on cable 
so much so that it got its sequel in oh no it was syndicated to fuck like this was yeah. on TV all over the place yeah it did well in video and all that shit so it got a sequel Return of the Swamp Thing 1989 we're not going to cover that until we do DC so yep because Wes Craven had fuck all to do with it hell yeah uh, IMDB uh, oh fuck um, it's DC they have a lot of fanboys uh, but then the film is kind of shite so I'll go right down the middle five 5.3. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes critics score? Oh, like, fucking... I don't think it's the lowest we've ever covered, so I'm gonna, I don't think it's going to go as low as, like, 13%, which I think is the lowest score we've covered. So, I'm going to go with 20. Well, this was fucking surprising to me. 60. Pissed right off. 60%. 6 zero. Yeah, 6 zero. But, what do you think the audience score was? I, I pray that the audience have more sense. I'm going to say 30 or 40. 41. Oh, you <laughs> fucker! <laughs> so, part of me is like, what the fuck were the critics seeing? This is an argument of why, you know... I was so fucking close! You could use, the, you could use this movie as, a, as an argument for why critics are kind of... I don't want to say pointless, but completely... <laughs> but like, but like completely... But like completely compl- irrelevant. Yeah, but completely subjective. Let's put it that way. Like, you know, one guy's opinion, you know, if you find a critic that has, like, opinions that are similar to yourself or has similar taste to you, they might, you might find something. That, Aye. You know. but, but ultimately, all art is subjective. What, like, there are things that I think, like, there's things that I think are shit hot and some of the best stuff in the world that Jacob can't fucking stand, right? And vice versa. Mm. Right? Prime example, I fucking love ACDC. It's my favourite band of all time. This guy doesn't like them in the fucking slightest. Totally understandable, like totally fair. Stuff. I like some of their stuff. But... Yeah, but you did turn around to me and just... You did once turn around to me and just go, so how does it feel listening to the same album 20 times, you cunt? <laughs> as, I then, as I then turn around and listen to Motorhead, so... To which, yeah, I, I, I think that was my response. I think my response was to... I think my response was to look you dead in the eyes and say black metal and then walk away. Uh, so... No, oh, black metal is the most experimental subgenre in metal, so... Uh... No, but most of the bands tend to stick to, like, a fucking... Boo. At least black metal sounds all the same to me because it's all just like it's all just shit. It's all just absolutely dog shit recording quality and even and that, fucking raving rabbits vocals. Even that's not really true anymore. Shit recording quality, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they they have moved beyond that. Yeah, unless you're like one that's of these, mostly like second wave shit. Unless but. you're one of these fucking bedroom black metal bands that you get uh, the lo-fi raw black metal folk. But, you know, some of that's... Some of that I actually quite like, so... Yeah, I think. Whatever. Aye. But no. Nah. Aye, fuck you. Uh, but yeah, but like, yeah, why do the I critics like this movie? I don't really know. <laughs> I think it was... Uh, I think it was the th- if you're at all familiar with the channel Cinema Wins. If it's anything like Cinema Sins, uh, I'll, I'll probably not like them. Right, okay, so it's basically Cinema Sins polar opposite. Hmm. Where they'll go around, it'll be... Instead of everything wrong with, they do everything great about, Right. And the whole idea behind it is one simple sentence. Every movie is someone's favourite movie. Oh yeah. I mean there's a there's a guy um, I listen to who says, like, you know, if this is your if you if this is your favourite movie, that's fine. It's okay to like a movie. I just don't like this one. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's a sentiment that I think I can I think we can all kinda of get behind, at least listeners of this show included. But like, yeah, critics are film critics and criticisms can be kinda of pointless. Like, yeah, there are things like like hard and fast rules that make a film good. Like if you're trying to like if you're trying to make a film with a fucking the camera on a Nokia thirty two ten 
Uh, I don't think they even had cameras, so that's too... if you're trying to make a film with a fucking Game Boy camera, then uh, chances are <laughs> not many people are going to enjoy that experience. But uh, again, there's going to be somebody out there that's like, "Oh, this is avant-garde," you know. So, yeah. but you heard it here, folks. Critics are pointless, and uh, you know, so you don't you don't need to hear anybody else's opinions on movies. So turn this show off and uh... fucking no! <laughs> no, you absolute fucking dunce. What is... <laughs> But uh, we'd like you to stick around and listen to our opinion because uh, we're just the common man. <laughs> With every episode we record, I am further and further tempted to backhand you across the face. <laughs> why? Because we're the common man? No, because you're a fucking tit, that's why. <laughs> we're Dusty Rhodes, baby. We're the common man. Oh, you dickhead. He's a common man. <laughs> Working hard <laughs> That joke's for three people out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, let's get into this movie. We've put it off enough. <laughs> oh, so are we, are we done with the vitals? Is that us? Yeah, yeah, Ah, yeah. fuck, okay. No more procrastination. Oh, no. Yeah, d- did I ever tell you about how... Uh, I was doing a, a course where I had to give like everybody had to give like a you know like a five minute talk right in front of the class right right and I spent I just procrastinated and I didn't do it so my talk was how you shouldn't procrastinate and not <laughs> do things because then you end up in the situation where I am in where you're sitting talking to a group of you know twenty people <laughs> with nothing to show for it. <laughs> Please I, tell me you got a decent mark for that. Oh yeah, I did. I got a pass. <laughs> That's fucking genius. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're an evil genius. <laughs> yeah, fucking... I wish I had thought that shit up in college. <laughs> Anyways, Swamp Thing. <laughs> Aye, so... Uh, so the film, film begins with various different landscape shots of... You'll never fucking see this coming. The swamp. A fucking swamp. <laughs> Ooh. It's here, lads. We've done it. <laughs> Wrap up the film. We've seen the swamp. <laughs> We're good. We've seen the swamp, and there's something crawling about in it. Hence, That's the thing. We're fucking thing. done. That's us. <laughs> Sorted. Five minutes. Best film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, We're then treated to some on-screen text, which says, and I'm going to quote this because it sounds fucking so dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's, it's such a stupid explanation, and has fuck all to do. With what actually happens in the film. <laughs> yeah. So, not long ago, in the unexplored reaches of an unmapped swamp. Yep. Aren't most swamps unmapped as well? That it just says, it just, you get to the bit of the map, it just says fucking swamp, and that's it. Like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, like, the creative genius of one man collided with another's evil dream. And a monster was born. Why does creative genius sound very sarcastic when they... It does, doesn't it? The creative genius of this bastard. The creative genius of this dumb fuck. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to solve world hunger? Oh, creative genius. (laughs) But the, the next bit is what gets me. This is the stupid bit, right? Too powerful to be destroyed, too intelligent to be captured. This being still pursues its savage dream. It sounds like one of those like fucking stupid 4chan quotes, you know, like born to uh, what was it? Born too late to ex- uh, explore. Um, born too late to explore the oceans. Born too late to explore space. And 
Well, was it, it born too late to explore the oceans, born too early to explore space? But born at the right time to be like seduced by femboys and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, like this uh, dumb shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, we then get, like I said, we get various different shots of the unmapped swamp, and the score here is like unnecessarily serene. Like this shit was putting me to sleep, and. <laughs> <laughs> we're that's not just, even a couple of minutes in that's just Harry Manfredini for you oh yeah Harry Manfredini does the music for this movie and unlike uh, James Horner he's still alive <laughs> <laughs> is this just going to become our like motif just making fun of deed cunts like <laughs> <laughs> is, is this going to be a running joke? If I really the... wanted to make fun of James Horner, I'd call him James Horny and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Was he, though? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, was he a bad trigger? <laughs> I mean, he was probably married and fucked, but I don't know. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Taking that in the context of fucked meaning just like broke <laughs> or, or otherwise or otherwise disadvantaged. Like he was probably married and fucked. Like he was just like, <laughs> I don't know, he was I, <laughs> Until I hear otherwise, I'm just gonna believe that uh, James Horner was just Do you do you take her? I do. Do you take him? Uh, uh, <laughs> until I hear otherwise, James Horner is just a sex god, right? So <laughs> Fucking why? I don't know. What evidence do you have? I have none. To confirm. But, that's why but here's the thing though. What evidence do we have to the contrary? Also none. Therefore. <laughs> Is his wife still alive? We can ask her. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah. See your dead husband. <laughs> was he like a, was he like a fucking. Was he alright? <laughs> was he like a jackhammer in bed or like. How was he? <laughs> or was he the slow and sensual type? Did he understand the difference between harder and faster? When he, touched, <laughs> when he touched you, when he touched you softly, because you drown a toddler in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Did your pants become a swamp thing? Uh, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! There you go, Discord user who knows who they are. <laughs> Get up! But no, that's just Harry Manfredini for you. I mean, his music's always been a bit like. On the nose, let's put it that way. <laughs> he did the Friday the Thirteenth movies that we haven't said before, but uh, yeah, 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 where he just recycles fucking tunes until he does a disco version of it. Like. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh. So we then see a go- a Coast Guard helicopter carrying one Adrian Barbo. She's back. <laughs> Fuck yeah! When was the last time we had her on this? Uh, mm. Was it Escape from New York? May have been. Yeah. I think so. It was definitely Carpenter. Yeah. Was Escape from New York the last one? But yeah, I think Escape from New York was the last one that she was on. So, you know. It's the last one I can remember, like, mentioning her in. Welcome back, Adrian Barbo. So. No, wait, shit. The fo- oh, no, The Fog was before that, wasn't it? Yeah. Aye. Aye, so welcome back to the show, Adrian Barbo. It's glad to have you here again. Uh, so the pilot tells her to thank her lucky stars that she's coming in at the end of this. Apparently the project is wrapping up. She asks the pilot if there's any restaurants nearby. To which the pilot replies, which is kind of a dumb question, right? But I feel I, like she was kind of, but like her joking. character is like, 
her character is portrayed as like kind of a jokester, right? Mm-hmm. So that's fair enough. But the pilot then replies, like, that depends. If you're human, it's back in Louisiana. If you're a gator, it's right where we're landing. <laughs> you're intentionally landing us on a, on a gator? You're intentionally, <laughs> yeah, like, you're, you're landing on top of it. Like, the wee guys just, <laughs> like, the wee gators just sitting there in the fucking heli. Like, pa, just like, we better left there, John. We better <laughs> Up in his hind legs, going, right, come on, back up, back up, come on, come on. <laughs> Can you fucking reverse to save yourself? Come on! <laughs> yeah. But they land. <laughs> so, uh, we see a bunch of... Ge- we, but before they do, we then get treated to a bunch of guys in camo walking through the swamp. One of which is played by David Hess. Fucking crew. Who we last, last seen in Last House of the Left. He's playing a... He's still a villain, but He's not still as... a bastard, but no as much of a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't think we'll need to do the whole. We don't need to. We don't need to deploy the song. <laughs> but I was saying to you earlier, I found out. Like I think I said in the last house episode that um, he used to write songs for Elvis and shit. Yes, he's the original singer of. Uh, I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the original he's, singer yeah. of that. He wrote so. and he wrote and recorded the original version of All Shook Up. So there you go. And. Again, every single report I've read about David Hess says he's one of the nicest guys in the world. <laughs> he just plays fucking rapists. It just, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> I'm just imagining how that conversation went with Wes Craven. It's just like, listen, mate, I love you. You're brand, you're brand new. I want to make countless films with you. But here's the thing. You do look a bit rapey. So, what we're going to do... <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, Dave. I'm making this new movie called Swamp Thing. I want you to be the villain. I always play villains, Wes. So that's fine. Yes, I know. But I don't but want you, ever... you to be a rapist in this one. Well, that's great. I do want you to come, to come on to this woman very aggressively, though. Yeah. You are, you are still a sleazeball. Don't get me wrong. You're just not a criminal sleazeball. Yeah, you're going to kiss this woman forcefully on the mouth. <laughs> Why is Wes Craven turned into a fucking Brooklyn man? I don't know. <laughs> He's from Connecticut. For some, for some reason, though, whenever we do sleazeball characters in this show, they always end up for Brooklyn. My dad's from Brooklyn and he's not a sleazeball. <laughs> he's the nicest cunt I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> he also, to my knowledge, has absolutely zero trace of a Brooklyn accent. He's got an accent, but we're not entirely sure what it is. <laughs> uh. I mean, everyone's got an accent. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just hard to pinpoint his because he's been that many fucking places. I got called fucking Canadian not too long ago. <laughs> get up, you! I'm like, where, the, where the fuck did you get that from? <laughs> so anyway, the helicopter land, and and they then inform Bar- Arbo that she's here to replace someone who died on the job. <laughs> uh, a skiff carrying two men approaches the helicopter, and one of them gets out. Cli- doesn't say a word to anyone. Just fucking climbs in. This guy is actually um, Dick the Rock who plays Swamp Thing. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they then say, oh, what's the matter with him? I couldn't take it any longer. Twitch responds, well, he lasted longer than most. And then they just <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just gives up one day. That's how I, that's how I quit work. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one day just like, yeah, nah, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how I quit my call centre job. I just kind of left one day. <laughs> uh, we then cut to an unknown man who walks through, through the swamp holding a revolver. This unlucky bastard <laughs> walks right into the camo guys from earlier and attempts to run away but the knee deep water makes his job pretty fucking difficult and the camo people catch up to him pretty quickly 
the leader, who we'll later find out is called Ferret, <laughs> pulls a whole ass fucking snake out of his pocket. <laughs> like, just out of his trouser pocket, he's just like, this is have you met my pal? <laughs> it's his trouser snake. <laughs> How did you not think of that? <laughs> I thought of it, and then I deleted it from my notes because it's a shit joke. I don't give a fuck, it's his trouser snake. God fucking damn it. You know there's a character in that, uh, remember that fucking ukulele game that came out years ago? No. It was like a spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie, a bunch of the people that worked on oh, like, right, Banjo yeah, from yeah, the Rare fucking were in it. chameleon cunt. Yeah, yeah, that, that shite game. Uh, there's, a character, there's a snake character in that, and it's called Trouser. And that's like the whole joke. <laughs> Uh, there's also and the oh this is one for the geeks uh, for in the animated series The Legend of Vox Machina specifically season one uh, there's a moment in which one of the characters has to like it's based off of like a and d campaign right so one of the characters has to sneak in somewhere so he takes off of his belt and it transforms into a snake and then goes into the room and does recon the snake has an eye patch over one eye and it started off as a belt it is literally a one eye trouser snake Hmm. Hmm. Critical Role and Titmouse, who animated the show, I fucking salute you. That is commitment to the bit. <laughs> hmm. yeah. I never watched the I never watched the original campaign that it was based off of, so I don't know if that was a joke that was said at the table, but that's a thing in the show. There is a literal one-eyed trouser snake in that program. Hmm. <laughs> I've, yeah. never, I've never watched Critical Role. Well. Uh, I can actually recommend the animated show. It's really good, mm. and even if you like, I'm not familiar really at all with the the first campaign, which is what the Legend of Vox Machina is based off of. Still enjoy it. Still enjoy it. I had a great time. It was really fucking good. But anyway, right. anyway, so as I say, this guy pulls out his trouser snake. Fuck you, and forces the snake to bite the poor bastard. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, back on the skiff, Adrian Barbeau. Oh, casually quotes Wizard of Oz, and nobody gets it. We're not in Kansas anymore, total. <laughs> the guy, the guy that's at the helm, just goes fucking what? <laughs> well, he's a scientist, as you know. Film scientists have no life. They don't. They don't of course, yes. They don't Scienti- do shit yeah. outside of their sciencey jobs. <laughs> yes, scientists have no life outside of my experiments. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they don't yeah. know shit. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know shit except from the secrets of the universe <laughs> they don't know shit aye but what, what, what difference does that make unless you know pop culture you have no <laughs> you have uses, no relevance <laughs> what use is command over the very laws of nature when you haven't seen Jaws <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen Wizard of Oz what are you a fucking <laughs> what are you a fucking caveman <laughs> go to hell <laughs> That's what a lot of these jokes boil down to as well. It's like, what is this? You're a fucking... You're a genius who could potentially cure world hunger and you haven't watched Star Wars? <gasps> Burn him. Like, <laughs> How do magnets work? <laughs> How the fuck are you hitting it with like a... What's that, 10-year-old meme now? Because I listened to that song not too long ago. Even more than that. I think it's like a solid 15 years. I don't know, but I listened to it not too long ago. No, sorry, not 15, because I would put it in like... No, 15 years ago would be 2009. I know it was after Chris Benoit died. So, yeah. 
Is that how we measure time? Before and before after. Before and after Chris Benoit. Before, and I used to measure time uh, by before and after I played Spec Ops the line, so, you know. Um. <laughs> so instead of BC, it's BT, before trauma. <laughs> before white phosphorus. Yeah. Uh. Before, uh, oh, it's basically Heart of Darkness, isn't it? So, yeah. so this big guy in a suit leads Barbo to her quarters. They then pull well, the classic trope of character begins explaining how a machine works and is immediately cut off by the person they're explaining it to to show how smart and capable they are. This is a pretty fucking common trope, but Jesus Christ, I love it. <laughs> it's mm. so good. And it's done pretty well here and it establishes that like Adrian Barbo isn't just going to be some fucking damsel in distress at the start of the film. <clears throat> Bullshit! <laughs> this is one of the bits of the film that fucking annoys me, right? They set up uh, Barbo's character, who we'll later find out is called Alice Cable, is this perfectly capable, very smart, uh, very smart woman who's more than happy to take matters into her own hands when the need arises, right? Mm-hmm. The second that Swamp Thing shows up, she is almost immediately put into the damsel in distress role. The fucking second well, that he shows I, up, I, I, everything that she knows about, like, everything is shot to hell. And she immediately gets in that. She's constantly being captured or jumped. She, like, holds her own maybe once in one of the capture though, attempts. To be fair, though, they are military men. Right, yeah, they are mercenaries. They are military men who we see her kicking the ever-loving shit out of prior to the Swamp Thing showing up. One of them, yeah. Two of them. Yeah. She beats up their leader, Ferret. Yeah, but, she yeah. kicks his cunt in, moves on, some other guy tries to jump her, she punches fuck out of him. The only thing that sort of stops her in that instance is the fact that she gets surrounded. Yeah, the, the, there you go. There's, there's no, the, it's the numbers the, game. But then, later on in the film, she's jumped by Ferret, who successfully manages to take her out on his own. She's then jumped by Bruno, who successfully manages to take her out on his own. She's then jumped by fucking Arcane... Who manages to take her out on his own? Meh. Arcane, not a military man, just a rich scientist cunt. Mm-hmm. Like this is the point. Like the second that Swamp Thing is seen on screen, uh, Adrian Barbo's character is robbed of all agency. Oh well. Despite the fact that the first twenty minutes to a half hour of this film is dedicated to setting her up as our protagonist, who is going to be like hyper capable and ready to fucking do shit. Mm-hmm. And it just pisses that all up the wall as soon as Swamp Thing shows up. To be fair, if I was a scientist lady who could uh, beat the crap out of maybe two of them. Out of trained mercenaries. Out of two of them and then a fucking giant fucking swamp beast appears. A giant fucking nug I'd just shows just, up. I'd probably just let the Swamp Thing do all the work. <laughs> I, but like, it's not even as though like the Swamp Thing starts kicking fuck out people when she just backs up. It's like she's literally kidnapped like five times throughout the movie. Yeah, but I still, by the same cunt. Yeah, I still take it as like it's a numbers game, and they are military. So oh, yeah, but and she's just a, ran- she's every just single, a random woman. So. Almost every single time she's kidnapped, it's one guy that does it. Maybe this guy was really good. It's the same guy that she kicked fuck out over the start of the film. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe he's learned <laughs> adaptive learning. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, that's so. We then get a pretty decent... Just my luck, they send someone who knows what she's doing the week they pull us out, which again tells us that this entire fucking, like, setup is being, like, brought down, effectively. 
Back in the swamp, the poor bastard from earlier, we see stumbling through the waters before collapsing. The way this is all cut is really weird as well. It is. really weird, because I thought, like, he collapsed as he gets back to, like, their base, but apparently he's nowhere near them. He's, like... He's just in front of a sensor. Oh, so, like... Because so, eventually uh, one of them's like, oh, have you seen this guy? And I'm like, he just collapsed in front of you. But he didn't. It's just edited really weird. Yeah. We then go back to base camp and Barbo is shown what the camp has been working on, which effectively is just hunters of plants. Uh, she introduces herself as Alice Cable to the two scientists working in the lab and asks them if they are part of Holland's crew. The woman, played by Nanette Brown, introduces herself as Linda Holland. Now, Nanette Brown is an interesting actress. She has been in two films, okay. including this one. All right. The second one is called My Boyfriend's Back. Oh, isn't... All oh, right. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I've heard of this. <laughs> I can't... And that's it. Okay. <laughs> that, that is all she's been in. Two movies. Swamp Thing and My Boyfriend's Back. <laughs> oh, great career. What? That just... That threw me, right? Accomplished. Especially when you see who who else is in the fucking she lab. She also introduces herself as Mrs. Holland, which is a bit weird. Yes. Uh, she then says, I'm a Dr. Holland. I'm a Dr. Holland, but not the Dr. Holland. I'm Mrs. Holland. That's Alec over there. Alec Holland is played by none other than Ray Wise. Well, we should also mention what the fuck they were doing when uh, uh, she enters that lab. Oh yeah, what the fuck was going on? So they're they they've both got their arms in like this pool. Oh yeah, of, like, they've both got in this pool. This like pool that's like covered in algae, right? So you can't see what's in it. So you can't see what's in it, and he says like, "Oh, I dropped a specimen in here or something like that. Can you help me find it?" So he then pulls out a fucking ferret or some shit. It's not a ferret. It's too big to be a ferret. I think it's like a fucking badger or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> they really trying to drown this badger. Yeah, and they pick it up, and apparently it has like a single cell organism that lives on its back. Yeah, but it's just the way that he says it. He's like, oh, "I dropped this thing. Can you look under one of the rocks?" And I was like, "Under the rock." And I'm also like, "How can they? How can they not find it with just one hand in there? The thing's fucking huge. The thing's <laughs> the thing's the size of my dog." So, <laughs> So like, it you is know. as well. It's the fucking size of your dog. And what was it doing in there? It was just having a wee bath. I don't think badgers can breathe underwater. You know, so uh. let's find out. Hmm. But uh, yeah. <laughs> when they take out this thing's fucking freaking out. Oh, it's pissed. <laughs> it's pissed off. It's like fucking hissing at everybody and shit. Like <laughs> burning its teeth. <laughs> this is a pissed off badger. I don't even know if it's a badger. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. But Ray Wise, you know, fucking Ray Wise, fucking love that guy. Yes, uh, star of such films as Robocop. He's, uh, uh, he's also in 93 episodes of the sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, cool. He's probably most known for being uh, Laura Palmer's dad in uh, Twin Peaks. Yes, although what I personally know him from is his brief tenure as the devil in the comedy show Reaper. Mm. Uh, which was on E4 over here. I don't know what fucking channel it was on in the US. Mm, fuck knows. Or who done it, but I just remember it being really fucking good. I just like him in Twin Peaks. He's fucking class. Yeah. Uh, who's he? What's his name in Robocop? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I just know he has the best scream in the full movie. When the I got part- him, Clarence! I got him! <laughs> no, I know that. It's the it's when the, the toxic waste guy comes up to him and he goes, Help me! No, don't touch me, man! Yeah, like, don't touch me, man! You can hear the voice crack and shit. And he's like, uh, he's like mm. and his face is so fucking good. 
God damn, I need to watch Robocop again. That shit's so good. Ba, 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 ba. I want to get the game. Oh, the game looks mega, didn't it? Mm. So the fact that you can actually shoot folk in the crotch in the game as well, it's great. Mm. <laughs> Did you ever play the Mega Drive game? No. <laughs> I, never really had a, I never had a Mega Drive. Oh, it was so fucking good. Or what, what do they call that in America? Fucking The Genesis. Mm. In America. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> Uh, I never even heard those adverts over here. I don't give a fuck. I just remember them. <laughs> so, after a brief exchange, Alec offers to go along with Alice to te- check out a downed sensor, which she'd noticed when she was looking at all like the cameras and shit. The pair head out on a skiff to investigate while some downright serene music plays in the background. Once again, I'm fucking falling asleep. I should have. I, I just got these boots, man. Oh, no. Yeah, Alice asks what happened to the guy she's replacing... Alec responds, the gator was only following his natural way. Can't blame a guy for that. <laughs> so this guy was fucking... So this guy was fucking scrand. Yeah. <laughs> he was death rolled and scrand. Oh, yeah, we should mention as well, that, um, the fucking leader of this group is some guy. I don't Ritter. Even know, yeah, I don't even is. know if he is English or if he's just putting on a really weird English accent. He but... sounded Australian to me. I thought he was English. I thought he was like from fucking... Yorkshire or some shit I don't know he's got a weird accent man <laughs> I thought he was going to be like fucking Jason Mansfield or something going about. Jason who the f- Manford you tit who's Mansfield Mansfield's nobody Jane Mansfield that's what I'm thinking of but uh, no Jason Manford yeah I thought it was going to be yeah, like he's him he's a comedian or that fucking Plusnet advert guy <laughs> that, that Jason Manford frequently gets confused for yes <laughs> He'd done a whole bit about it in 8 out of 10 cats. It was fucking great. <laughs> but, uh... So, we then cut to the two trekking through the swamp while Alice complains about her boots getting ruined. Motherfucker, you knew you were coming to a swamp! I don't think she did. I feel like she would have been told yeah, she probably like, you were yeah, going yeah, to a swamp. Yeah, 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 but, or you're going to Louisiana. Yeah, but like, it's just the way, the, like... They're like, oh, yeah, the swamp. She's like, what the fuck? So, like, I, I get the feeling that they were told, like, you're going to be doing this thing, but it's going to be really secret, so we can't tell you shit about it. Which doesn't make much sense, because I'm assuming that whenever... Well, I suppose Area 51, they don't really... Oh. Yeah, ah, but, fuck uh, it. moving on. Yeah. Uh, so, Alec then begins to hit on Alice, who shoots him down in expert fashion, saying, save that malarkey for your wife. Yeah, because she thinks that he's married to that other woman. Other. No, no. At this point, she knows their si- their brother and sister. She doesn't. She doesn't. Does she not? No. <laughs> she thinks that they're married at that point. Because remember, she introduces herself as Mrs. Holland. Ah, right. Okay. She doesn't. They don't figure out that they're brother and sister until afterwards. Right. Yeah, that's right. why. Okay. I went right. So I thought they knew prior to this, and I went under. I watched this entire movie under the assumption that Alec was actually married, and it paints this film in a very different light. <laughs> It's when um, they f- she figures out that she isn't married, that he isn't married to her when... Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll carry on and then when we get to that bit you can let me know. Yeah. So they find the sensor and open it up to find the insides have been completely destroyed. They get back to camp and imme- are immediately berated uh, by the soldiers there for going on an unprotected excursion through the swamp. Uh, Alice tells them about the cut sensor to which Ritter, the leader of the camp, replies, the man you replaced was working on it. Needless to say, he didn't put it all back together again before we took him to the hospital. Yeah, you're a bit by a snake. No, 
The man she replaced, the gator, was only following. So this is the guy that got death rolled and scrand. Well, this whole place looks like fucking, um, what's it called in Red Dead 2? Shady Bell? It does look like Shady Bell, yeah. Yeah, because they do mention that the place was uh, flooded when the levee broke, so, you know. Yeah. Zeppelin are just going about the place singing that song. <laughs> so they get back to so as I said, they're back to the camp. We then hear a gunshot ringing out through the camp and everyone runs to their stations. In the lab, Linda is testing out new samples that she put together, one of which is particularly explosive. To which Ritter replies, Congratulations, you managed to reinvent nitro. Yeah, basically it's, a, it's just a bright green liquid. Basically, it looks in, like the reanimator juice. Yeah, I was going to say in, in 1980s movies, like if you wanted to make something look weird as shit. Oh, bright green. Do, yeah, all you need to do is just get like fucking uh, glow stick juice and put it in there. Predator did it. Fucking Predator did it, reanimator did, did it, this movie does it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there you go. Uh, Holland shows Alice what they've been researching. He says, I'm very close to developing a plant with an animal's aggressive power for survival. Uh, it sounds mental at first, and Alice herself questions the experiment's purpose, to which Alec explains that this project could potentially end world hunger, creating crops that will grow in any environment. <laughs> yep. Uh, they have a breakthrough when, upon inspecting the places where Linda dropped the new samples, they find grass growing at an incredible rate. Yeah, it's like here when they, she figures out that they're not brother and sister, because, like, he was... It, um, he gets kind of pissy at some experiment that doesn't... Like, oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, we, 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 you know, it hasn't done anything. That's my sister for you or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's just my brother for uh, you. And then, like, yeah, there's, then he notices that the, the the plants are growing out for where the liquid hit the ground and yeah. shit, so... So Alec then shouts for his sister and then proceeds to start kissing Alice. So then the sister arrives. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is... What the fuck was the th- thought process here, right? Like, is this just the PG-13 version of a danger wank? Well, like, <laughs> but uh, the the fucking sister arrives and she's like, oh, she, she's just looking at us. She's like, you just called me over to watch you make you out call, this yeah, woman. Yeah, what the fuck, man? That you just met today. Yeah. <laughs> what the shit, bro? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, eventually Alice then leaves the lab to inform Ritter that the experiment has been successful. Uh, she's told by an unseen voice that he's in the command shed. Just as she runs off, we then see a Merc walk out of the hut while choking out one of the scientists. Yeah. Back in the command shed, Alice checks the camera feed to see that the poor bastard who got bit by a snake, who we now know is called Charlie, has managed to crawl back to camp before dying in front of a camera. She's then jumped by Ferret and manages to escape by grabbing a gas canister and battering him over the head with it. During her escape, Alice is once again jumped by one of the mercs. This time, she beats the ever-living fuck out of him. Like, yeah. she trips him down onto the ground and then just goes down and fucking ground pounds the cat. It's like something like the fucking UFC. Like, she's fully just on the ground, on top of him, just raining down blows into his chest. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm fairly certain this cunt's deed, right? <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> yeah, these on. are these are just eighty soldiers. Yeah, soldiers where they were just basically like, you're you're just fodder for the main character at this point. Run until they punch you. So as she beats the shit out of him, then retrieves a rifle from a nearby corpse. She immediately uses this gun to take out another one of the mercs who was attempting to sneak through, sneak up on her through the trees. Mm. Which again, this is a point like they put this like hyper capable like fucking agent. Maybe I just like to think of it like, as and, luck. Yeah, and like Barbo <laughs> isn't here to fuck about, right? Her victory doesn't last long, however, as she's quickly surrounded after she attempts to question the merc she beat up earlier. 
So like the only reason they're even able to surround her is because she focuses attention on the guy that she beat up who's now waking up to be like, where the fuck is Alec? Where the fuck is Dr. Holland? And she gets halfway through the sentence before like everyone surrounds her. <laughs> like if this scene had kept on going, I, think, I reckon this is a John Wick movie. If <laughs> they keep this scene going. And I'll be honest, I would watch that shit. <laughs> so the mercs take her to the lab, knock her out, and then use her hand to unlock the door because it's locked by like a biometric scanner thing. They then enter the lab and take the two Hollands hostage. Uh, I will say there that David Hess, as we've already said, he plays a fucking brilliant villain here. And uh, he threatens it. He explains the situation to Alex, saying, someone hired us. They paid an, they'd give an arm and a leg for this formula. Well, your arm and leg. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's at this point that Ritter barges in, revealing himself to be arcane. Yeah, he takes off his face wearing mask. Wearing like... a Mission Impossible style yeah. face mask. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say Mission Impossible style, I don't mean the recent films. I'm talking like the OG series where it was a fucking rubber mask that they used to wear. And uh, oh, we didn't even mention arcane. Right, so previous to this, they've been mentioning this shadowy figure called Arcane. Who apparently wants to like fucking take over this research and steal it for their own like nefarious purposes. Yeah, he's played by a French dude called Louis Jordan. Uh, he's a <laughs> he's a James Bond villain. After this movie came out, he went on to play a James Bond villain. In, Fuck yeah! In fucking Octopussy, right? And like, uh, spoilers. Uh, this guy comes back to do the the sequel, right? And I was reading something where the director of the sequel wanted Jordan to um, call this character points because it's just because you had pointy nipples right and he was like no I'm not going to do that because uh, you know that's just overtly sexual and the guy just kind of responded to him was like were you not just in a movie called Octopussy <laughs> and apparently Jordan just didn't speak to him for the rest of the shit <laughs> <laughs> talking to me about being overtly sexual were you not just in fucking Octopussy Octopussy <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so, Arcane then holds Linda at gunpoint and tells Alec that he must hand over the research or his sister will die. Uh, Linda then manages to break away from her cap- captors after elbowing the guy behind her in the gut and tries to run away, but is shot in the back by Arcane before she even reaches the door. Bram, bram. Uh, Arcane then decides, you know what, this is a good time for a Nietzsche quote. Uh, <laughs> as he walks up to Alec and starts giving him that quote about like it is better to be like the it is best to be nothing what is second best to die quickly <laughs> like that whole fucking spiel then he's just running about going god is dead god yeah. is dead and we killed him <laughs> uh, uh, so let me see here da, 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 da. I t- he's basically just quoting Nietzsche to Alec while he cries over the loss of his sister Alec then grabs the sample from earlier and tries to run Ferret knocks him to the ground, which causes the sample to pour everywhere, leading to a series of explosions, which wakes up Alice, who was knocked out for this entire affair, and sets Alec on fucking fire. And she steals the notebook as well, she hides it. She does, yeah. But uh, this, uh, fire get, stunt, this fire stunt is pretty fucking good. It was also done by the same guy who does the fire stunt in Nightmare on Elm Street. I thought, um, I, I thought it was fucking good, and there's that explanation. This guy's done fucking good fire stunts before. And this one looks like he's on. If it's, I don't know how to best describe this, but he's he looks like he's more on fire <laughs> than he is in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So on. <laughs> so the thing with Nightmare on Elm Street, right, is that that with that particular fire stunt, uh, they used a 
a technique that would later become like much more prevalent. Whereas in this movie, I think rather than giving him like the full blown fire suit and whatnot, they just put the fucking napalm on him. Mm-hmm. And I was reading as well. And the, <laughs> I was reading as well that the stunt guy that does those fire stunts, he used to practice all this just by setting himself on fire in his back garden and jumping into a swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> ah, they got such strange hobbies. <laughs> stunt guys are fucking cracked, right? Like honestly, like it's. It's such a, like, I've got so much respect for stunt performers, right, as a profession. But, like, who the fuck wakes up in the morning, who the fuck wakes up in the morning and thinks, you know what I want to make a career of? Getting hurt. Like, just fucking myself up, like, day in, day out. Mm. Like, like not even in a, like, self-harm kind of way, but in, like a, like, a, like, a fucking spectacular way. Like, I want to fall off buildings on the daily. Like, who the fuck... <laughs> Who the fuck does that, man? Yeah. Aye, so as I was saying, this fire stunt is fucking incredible. Uh, as we see Alec running out of the lab and into the swamp, all while burning. <laughs> he then jumps into the swamp, small explosions erupt from within the water where he fell, and the mercs then set about the task of burning the camp to the ground and dumping bodies into the water. Pretty uh, pathetic explosions after that magnificent fire stunt. Yeah, after that massive fire stunt, there's just like a couple of like Power Rangers sparks here and there. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> not, well, not Power Rangers. This is 1982, so this is 1980s. So more like Masters of the Universe, I suppose. Know, but sparks. At the, end, the, the end of this movie pretty much turns into a Power Rangers movie. It does, yeah. <laughs> but somehow worse. <laughs> So we see Alice hiding from the Mercs, clutching on onto a notebook that she managed to steal from the scene. She then places it in amongst some debris and covers it so the Mercs won't find it. They won't find it even. As soon as she's finished covering it up, she is immediately attacked by Ferret, who gathers up a bunch of Mercs to take her out to the deeper part of the swap and this drown her. This other henchman guy, though, he Bruno, like plays, yeah, the big he, bald guy. Yeah, he like places her. I don't know, watch or something on like a plant there is a it's almost oh, no, like it's, it's almost plays, like they're trying to do a bit of character development with him where he's like I don't particularly enjoy this so R.I.P. well yeah so they do have the whole thing where later on in the film he's mm. like kind of helping the good guys a little bit uh-huh. so, he, so yeah there's there's two main goons in this movie we have Ferret played by David Hess and then we have this big guy called Bruno Bruno uh, who's the name of his actor escapes me I wasn't able to find it online I'm sure you'll be able to find it on the IMDb if you look hard enough. I just wasn't. I try to avoid the IMDb pages when I'm doing these write-ups because I don't want to see like the mm-hmm. the scores that you're going to quiz me on because it feels unfair. But uh, if you could pull up his name, that'd be fucking class. Nicholas Worth. Nicholas Worth. Has uh, he been in cool? Uh, he's in Hell Comes to Frogtown, apparently. What the fuck is Hell Comes to Frogtown? That Roddy Piper movie where he's face up against frog people. Oh, yeah. And he's in a bunch of Star Trek. That's a weird fucking movie. Um, oh yeah, doesn't he play a bunch of aliens in Next Generation? Probably. He's in Scream Blackula Scream. <laughs> he's in a previous Wes Craven thing called Invitation to Hell, which was a... TV that was a TV movie. movie that we didn't cover because it's he's, a TV movie. He's going to be in a... Oh no, he's the voice of a character in The Hills of Eyes Part 2, which we are going to do at some point. We will, yeah. Um, Hell comes to frog. There's something called Action Jackson. Action Jackson. Right, so let's move. Let's move on. The shall Naked we? Gun. Dark Man. He's in the Naked Gun. Mm-hmm. Who does he play in the Naked Gun? Thug Number One. Oh, <laughs> he's in Dark Man. Oh, sweet. Uh, I like Dark Man. Somebody called Polly. Right, so we'll move on now. So as you say, he 
So he doesn't actually place a watch on there. What it is, it's the locket that... Uh, yeah, whatever the fuck it was. It was. It's the locket that Holland's sister was wearing, that Linda was wearing. Jewelry. Yeah, it's like this lovely wee ornate locket and inside it there's a picture of Alec and Linda, like hmm. side by side. Which is kind of cute. But aye, so as I said, Ed Ferret gathers up a bunch of merch to take Alice out to the uh, deeper part of the swamp and drown her. He seems to like doing this to people. And yeah. Last house uh, in the left. Right, so <laughs> Ferret holds her under the water until the bubbles stop and says, Say hello to your boyfriend, baby. A big green arm then bursts out of the water, grabs him by the face, and then launches him out of the boat and into the water. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> the creature then capsizes the boat with a single punch and carries Alice out of the water. The creature then manages to carry Alice away from the Mercs and hides her in a safe spot in the underbrush. Once the Mercs find her, but... I, yeah, he manages to hide her in a safe spot. He does fucking shit. Uh, yeah, one <laughs> of the Mercs finds her almost instantly. Uh, it's, like the the ghost, gets... it's, it's like the ghost of the husband in last week's episode, Deadly Blessing, where he like warns her like two seconds before the thing comes. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's literally just putting her down and, push, and places a branch on her. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know, Swamp Thing. Yeah, I think I mean, you might have fucked it there, big man. <laughs> you might be a, a brilliant scientist, but a tactician you are not. Yes. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so he capsizes the boat with a single punch, carries it. Right, okay. So, no, one of the mercs finds Alice, but the creature gets the merc before Alice is hurt. The mercs then start sweeping the swamp to try and find Alice and the creature. One of them gets jumpy and turns and fires blindly into the tree line, killing one of the fellow mercenaries. Meanwhile, Alice has gotten up and has begun running through the swamp to get away from the chaos. The creature continues to pick off the mercs one by one until only two are left, those being Ferret and Bruno, who decide to leave with their lives and make a break yeah, for it. Throughout, throughout this movie, you get these little, like, establishing shots of just Swamp Thing walking about the swamp, but they're all shot from, like, miles back. Yeah. Like, it always, they all remind me of, like, that fucking Patterson Gimlin tape of the fucking Bigfoot, you know? Like, just uh, kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> See, what it reminds me of is the end of every episode of The Incredible Hulk. And uh, <laughs> I, keep expecting, I keep expecting the music to come on. <laughs> the Swamp Thing costume in this is fucking shite. It's oh, just, it's, it's so... It's, it's, it's a giant rubber suit. But I do, I will, it's a giant rubber suit with a couple of bits of moss stuck to it. So Ray Wise is no longer playing Swamp Thing at this point. Um is now Dick Duroc. Yes, Ray Wise is doing the voice, if I'm not mistaken. No, he's not. Who's doing the voice? Dick Duroc. <laughs> For real? Yeah. So, basically, so Ray Wise is just fully fucked off at this point. <laughs> no. What happened was, um, originally Dick Duroc was just going to be... Um, you know, just like the stunt guy for like all the action scenes and whatnot. But when they did the action scenes, they were like... Ray Wise and this guy look very different. Yeah. Dick Duroc is like six five or whatever whatever the fuck he was right yeah so Ray what Wise did, is like what 5'10 5, 5, I don't know or something but what, like they, what yeah. they did do was um, Ray Wise did do all the scenes in this movie they shot Swamp Thing scenes twice right with Ray Wise in the costume and Dick Rock doing it right and uh, they were just kind of looking at it and being like just fucking put Dick Rock in it yeah just, just it, use it's gonna be footage. it's gonna be weird just to cut between like this huge hulk of a guy and then fucking Ray Wise and then just this normal looking cunt yeah uh, so there's <laughs> ah, just, just use Dick to Rock when they do the sequel um, he comes back to play Swamp Thing oh well, cool so there you go fair enough oh. 
So we then cut to Arkane and his assistant uh, having a discussion regarding Holland's work. Right, this assistant, by the way, this assistant. Yeah, she turns up twice in the full movie. Yeah, but that's yeah. But when I saw this, I was looking at her right, and I and I saw the sister, Holland's sister, get shot in the back. But I'm looking at her; she looks a lot like Holland's sister. So I was like, Oh yeah, is she still alive? it's fucking creepy how similar they look. So like, I swear there, to fuck, man, yeah, so I'm it's sitting mad. Here being like, is she still alive? Is she now working with him? Is this a weird hostage situation where she's Aye, just like, trying to be, like, on? nice to him so, like, he doesn't kill her? But she's already dead. I don't know. Uh, she is also Adrian Barbo's stunt double. Oh, sweet. In this movie, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, this is the point where I feel the need to point out once again that no one in this film talks like a normal fucking person. Yeah, this guy like this, this guy speaks like like the only way I could think to describe it is that he speaks like a pretentious actor. Well, he is French. I mean, true, <laughs> and that does explain a lot. I was going to say like, that's talk- the way that most of the characters in this film talk. I was going to say is- he kind of speaks like a, a fucking. You know, Vincent Price villain. Yeah, no, that's kind of what I'm I'm getting at. Is like everyone speaks in like perfect prose mm. for the majority of this movie. Like no one just talks like they're fucking like you and I talking, with the exception of one character who we'll bring in later, <laughs> uh, who has the best line in the whole fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what you think this is? So we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But. Uh, like yeah, everyone in this they they speak like they're constantly like everyone is on stage and just about to launch into a soliloquy. Yeah, because there there's a line where that Barbo does where like um she's told to go out and fix the sensors and she's like in the swamp. In, yeah. Out here in the swamp. Like yeah, no shit, Sherlock, you're in a fucking swamp. It's just the way she says it as well. In like, the swamp. Yeah, yeah. All right, That's yeah. that that is where we are. Mm. Congratulations. <laughs> It also does kind of weird me out that the main character of this film is called Alice, so I'm constantly talking about Alice getting her shit rocked and, <laughs> and getting kidnapped and shit. Meanwhile, in my head, for some reason, when because I'm, I'm not watching it currently, I'm just picturing friend of the show Alice. <laughs> and it makes this film needlessly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, again, if friend of the show Alice was casting this instead of Adrian Barbeau, her kicking the fuck out of all these mercenaries at the start would be believable. <laughs> But I, but because again the main characters, no one refers to them as Alice for the majority of the film. Though everyone calls her by her surname, which is Cable. Cable, yeah, it was fucking Josh Brolin just. <laughs> yeah, he just turns up like. Movies. I'm like, here. What universe is this? <laughs> what? No, what? No, that's Cable. Is like what timeline is this? I can't snap my fingers. That's fucking Thanos. You still tell. Josh Brolin. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, then fuck it, Agent K shows up. Fuck it if we're playing that fast and loose with it. In fact, fuck it, the country no country for old men comes up and fucks his wife. And <laughs> fucking Mikey's brother from the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> when I get you, you're going to be so dead. <laughs> Is that another Thanos line? Uh, but no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Thanos with the fucking infinity. If your dicks were like that, you'd be pissing in your faces. <laughs> <laughs> Just Thanos with Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet doing that big fucking spring chest exercise thing. Just that he's constantly Ooh. doing that fucking movie. I'm Josh Brown. I used to do heroin. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all forget about that, don't we? Even him. I mean, fair play. <laughs> My dad was in the original Westworld, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him for not remembering that he used to do that shit. You can't remember seven years of your life. I never did heroin, though. 
I mean, you don't need to. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving swiftly on. So this entire entire scene is proof that no cunt talks like a normal person in this film. Uh, Arcane eventually surmises that they are missing the final notebook and is then told that Ferret needs to speak to them. Smash cut to the swamp where fucking Arcane's chilling in a fucking limo. Hell yeah. And Ferret and Bruno just walk, just like wade up to this limo. <laughs> and this, no, like, there's a road in the swamp? There's, a, there's this road that cuts through the swamp, which I mean, isn't the most unbelievable thing, but it does make for a hilarious visual of these two, of the two mercs, like, covered in like, sh- covered in shit for the swamps. You're telling me there was like, a road here the whole from, time? Like, drenched <laughs> from head to toe, and Arcane's just fucking chilling with a single malt scotch in the back of a limo. Like, oh no, he's French, he'll be cognac. Ah, prick, yeah, it would be. Ooh. Fuck it, he's chilling me. He's like, fuck it, he's chilling there with a bottle of Hennessy. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> what is he, a rapper from like 2005? Hennessy has cognac. <laughs> I know, but like, <laughs> Hennessy's cognac. Mm. Alright, so we, as I said, we hard cut to the swamp where Ferret and Bruno inform Arcane of everything that just happened, including the creature that attacked them. We then see Alice running to a phone booth just outside a gas station. See how I'm fucking picturing fucking Alice doing this as well now? Exactly, it's weird, isn't it? It fucks Um, with you. So, runs to a phone booth just outside the gas station, only realised that the phone inside is broken. She then walks by the gas station, we see this wee kid who will later find out is called Jude. Mm -hmm. Just outside. You're in a plane crash? (laughs) You're in a plane crash or something? She just goes, or something. Mm. Well, before he says that, he actually looks at her and he's like, oh, here comes trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, Jude is the only character in this movie that speaks like a normal motherfucker. Like, mm. <laughs> uh, So she then walks by the gas station, asks to use her phone. She then asks to be connected to her immediate superior officer and is told she'll be patched to, through to Ritter. Now, although we know that Ritter is dead, Alice does not because she was knocked out for that whole interaction. So she didn't see Ritter come in and then pull the mask off and all that. Yeah, she yeah. saw none of that. Yeah. So as far as she's concerned, Ritter is alive and well. Mm-hmm. We then cut to Arcane, who answers his car phone, on, and then puts on the Ritter voice. The Ritter voice. Jan Ritter. And Alice finger. tells him everything. She's got the last notebook. She's at the gas station, just fucking chilling out. Fucking everything, right? We then back, go back to the gas station. Alice tries to get a drink from the vending machine, but it just eats on money. Uh, she says, doesn't anything work around here? To which Jude replies, eh, just me. <laughs> she kicks the thing as well. She kicks the thing. like, no, you don't kick it. it. you got to punch it. And he fucking throws a haymaker at the thing. <laughs> and it works. This kid's uh, a little Mike Tyson. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the young guy working the station introduces himself as Jude. And as we've said, Jude is probably the only character in this entire movie that talks like a normal human being, so naturally he's our favourite. I feel like that's fair to say for both of us, that he's yeah, the he best fucking, character in this fucking movie. He fucking disappears in this movie, though. He disappears quite a lot, yeah. yeah. So, the mercenaries pull up to the gas station. Alice asks if there's a gun, to which Jude replies, what kind of place do you think this is? Of course there's a gun. <laughs> See, initially I thought you was going to go like, what sort of place do you think this is? I don't have a gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, that's, that's the joke. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what kind of place do you think this is? Of course there is. She pulls out an old museum. <laughs> I need to read my note exactly as it is. So I've got the quote there, what kind of place do you think this is? Of course there is. And then immediately I've just written, God bless America. Uh, <laughs> America. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
God that... bless this grace of you. <laughs> See, I thought that was going to be Team America. America. Mm. America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so here we get. So, right, this is where I'm going to have a bit of a gun nerd moment in terms of the film. I realise that we've now had two of these back to back, but this one is not a rant, but rather uh, fucking point out something that is really fucking cool that this film does. Which is actually a note which it depicts a known malfunction uh, that guns like this would have had. So the gun that she picks up is specifically is a brake action uh, revolver. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of three main types of, of revolvers in terms of how they reload. You get a loading gate, mm-hmm. which is the one where the cylinder doesn't move at all. There's like a wee kind of bit at the side. There's top brake, which is the one that's in this film where the thing essentially snaps open and you load it that way. And then there's the one that everyone's familiar with, which is the swing out revolvers. That's your standard, you know, fucking, you know, it's anon kind of bullshit with the spinning and all that piss, right? This way, if it's a Wild West movie, it's the spin out one. If it's a fucking movie. Not necessarily. If it's a movie set in 1800s London, it's the fucking one that's in this movie. (laughs) Not necessarily, because there are quite a few, uh, like the Quick and the Dead features quite a few uh, top loading ones, like the old Schofield revolvers Mm. and things like that. So, yeah, it depends on how much, it depends on how accurate the film wants to be as to whether or not those revolvers will be shown. Mm. But anyway, these breech loading, so not breech loading revolvers, that's totally fucking different. Uh, these uh, brake action revolvers, one of the problems that they had was that when you would fire them, the hinge would essentially bring, like, be shot backwards and you would create, like, the two basically parts of the frame would hit against each other. Right. Which would then cause the breakages in the weapon. However, if it is, as this gun is described, a museum piece, there is a chance that there could be some like residual like gunpowder within that. And when the two bits of metal then collide with one another, it's going to create an explosion. Which is exactly what happens in this movie. It should have had an explosion like it does in that fucking Dread movie. Oh, yeah. fuck no, when his hand comes off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, those kind of, those kind of malfunctions mostly happened with like muskets where it would fully blow your fucking hand off but yeah <laughs> oh well but yeah no like fair play to whoever was in charge of uh, of props in this movie and like Wes Craven who wrote the script whether or not this scene was written by himself and he had this knowledge of guns to begin with yeah Archer was on the fucking writing team <laughs> fucking Archer <laughs> yeah but uh, wow. yeah honestly fair play to them this is some pretty decent realism when it comes to to firearms and which in film which is something that you don't really see a lot of especially in this era so back to the movie uh, Alice runs off into the swamp once again with the mercs hot in her tail uh, this is where we get our first proper full blown look at the creature it's up until now it's mostly been shot from like in like made like really either really far away or it's been like we've seen like an arm or a leg or it's been like facing away from the camera, so we've just seen like shoulders kind of thing. Face, and he has a nineteen eighties nose job nose. He does, yes, yes. Very strange. <laughs> he has what are, what was would later be referred to as the Michael Jackson nose. It's very bizarre. It is, yeah. It's weird looking. <laughs> uh, you see him trying to. Is this where he's trying to like do like little science experiments in his lab? No, no, no. That's uh, that's a little later on. Uh, it's the creature. This is where the creature steps out into the middle of the road. And stops the mercenary's car dead in its oh, tracks by just slamming it. Yeah. It then rips the top off the car and throws Bruno out into the swamp. Uh, the mercs try and shoot the creature, but it does effectively nothing, eventually opting to run away. The fucking dude comes up. What happened? Oh, he got it, ran and went to the car. Oh, well, he got hit by a tree. That's again later. Uh, the creature then approaches Alice, who yells at it, just goes, Shoo! Go! 
go on. She doesn't say this, but you can tell she's wanting to just go fuck off. Like it's just, a, yeah, sure, like it's a dog. She's a boy. She's a boy here away for just going. Get the fuck. Go. <laughs> Leave you big green bastard. Right. <laughs> Funnily enough, I've said those exact words at Ibrox. What was uh, the? Get my guy. Get my guy. You green cunt. <laughs> yes. That's a callback to a section of last week's episode that was fucking cut. So. Get my gaff, you green cunt. <laughs> I want to edit that so badly now where it's like it's either that or it's the section of Revenge of the Sith where Palpatine just is like fucking up Yoda and flings the Senate at him and it's just give me a gaff you green cunt and it's throwing have you seen the other videos it's like a a Yoda hand puppet oh he's like on ketamine or something (laughs) Yoda on ket and shit yeah So, yeah, so Alice Yen tells the t- creature to shoo and then go, and eventually it fucks off. Just before Jude emerges, it's to Alice, to which Jude asks, What the hell was that? Alice replies, Oh, the the car ran into a tree. I was like, Oh, must have been one of them hit and run trees. That tree isn't there anymore. <laughs> and then he looks down and sees this big fucking footprint in the ground. Just like, must have been some tree. <laughs> He then tells Alice about a trapper's hut not far from there and the two make their way down. Mm-hmm. Back at Arcane's mansion, Ferret wonders aloud why they're even bothering to chase this notebook. Arcane replies, would you recognise immortality if it knocked on your door? Well, of course you wouldn't. Obviously you wouldn't, <laughs> but that's besides the point. I want this swamp thing and I want the notebook. Uh, now, yeah, when he said, when he he said the thing! He dropped the film title, so I was uh, drinking. You were already drinking. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I'd, although I will admit, I did take a drink when he dropped the film title as well. Uh, Arkane then tells him that he wants the swamp thing captured, what not killed. You, what were you drinking? Rum. Yeah. I was drinking my peat chimney whiskey because I assumed, you know, peat bog and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, so nice, the swamp, yeah. peat bog, you know. So I was drinking rum because I like rum. I was drinking whiskey because I... Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was that was the the amount of thought that I put into the drink to pair with this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I clearly didn't go as much detail as you. <laughs> when I was watching X Men, spoilers. But when I was watching X Men, I was um, I I was sitting there going like, ah oh, fuck, I should have some Canadian whiskey, but I don't have any. So ah damn, yeah, that would have been good. And uh, that would have been better for an Alpha Flight, but I suppose Wolverine's in it, so Wolverine's Canadian. Yeah, I know, but like, and the intro of it, and in, the intro of it is in Alberta. Oh yeah, so. In the intro, intro Wolverine in the fucking cage match. Yeah. <laughs> He's just beating the shit out of people. Kicking fuck out of folk, yeah. It's a fucking great movie. <laughs> X-Men, coming don't soon. Punch, don't punch him in the balls. Literally, coming next week. Don't punch him in the balls. If he said anything goes, yeah, if it does go, he'll just take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. Mm-hmm. So, well, Arkane tells him he wants a swamp thing captured, not killed, and tells the Mercs to capture Alice. The reasoning that the beast is protecting her. Uh, we cut to the next day. Jude and Alice are now rowing through the swamp and swap tidbits of backstory with one another. Uh, meanwhile, the swamp thing makes its way through the swamp to the camp. His Shortly daddy, afterward, Jude's daddy left them. Yeah. Shortly afterward, Jude and Alice turn up at the camp as well, mooring their skiff at the nearby pier. <laughs> you also asked her, like, did you owe your bookie money or something? So. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Alice tells Jude to stay in the boat and yell if he hears anyone. 
Swamp Thing eventually finds Linda's locket, which contains a picture of Linda and Alec. Alice then enters the wreckage and sees Swamp Thing and hides. He's trying to do experiments. He's pouring. He's trying to pour. Uh, he's trying to pour out some vials of liquid, but keeps breaking the glass. These look like strong hands, don't they? Ooh. No, hold on. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna traumatize the listeners with never-ending story, <laughs> they look like big, strong hands, don't they? You look like a styrofoam piece of shit, mate. Shut the fuck up, you dick! <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pump your ma. <laughs> if a tree you was from a uh, fucking Easter house. <laughs> or his friend call him Azza. <laughs> the white horse is just heroin. <laughs> <laughs> what is it again? Like the pit of despair, the swamp of despair. The swamps just... of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> the swamps of sadness is just Clyde Bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 the swamps of sadness or Duke Street <laughs> Duke Street wasn't sad though Duke Street was just fucking wild aye but have you ever been happy walking through Duke Street aye alright well that's what state were you in at the time oh <laughs> <laughs> I tell you I've never been to America but the fucking states I've been in <laughs> my nose was running my gums were going <laughs> His jaw was tying his shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> I was singing up the rat. I wasn't. I was singing. And Duke Street, fucking hell! I was singing simply the best. <laughs> I was going to say that's a fucking recipe for disaster. Nah, the only times we sang up the rat was um... in the flat. Yeah. Oh well, sometimes I would do that, but sometimes I would fuck my downstairs neighbours as well because they were Celtic fans. So I used to play. Um... Uh, I would point the speakers down on the floor and blast out, Hello! Hello! We <laughs> are the belly boys. boys! Hello! Hello! So, so my allegiance is, to make some noise. So, uh, <laughs> my allegiance has changed quite a lot when I was in there. So. Uh, your allegiance, right, you are an agent of chaos, and your allegiances reflect this, and that you don't actually really give a fuck about Scottish football or the divide in Glasgow whatsoever. You just pick whatever team the person that you're talking to doesn't fucking like. Yeah. Just Celtic. for the sake of no, because you always pick Celtic blasting fucking. because <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> exactly, you Celtic won though. Celtic won though, so I was happy. <laughs> you pick whatever team will cause the most hilarity in your mind. Mm-hmm. You'd be a fucking Hibs fan if you thought it was funny. <laughs> no, I'd be a fucking Ross County fan because who the fuck cares? <laughs> I'd be a Kilmarnock fan for the same reason. I'd be a Kilmarnock fan if I wanted to fucking kill myself. So. You know. That's why I'm a Kamala fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Kelly has good pies, though. So. Oh, depression! Uh, anyway. Kelly has them good pies, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kelly has a good pie. It's not even called a Kelly pie anymore. Kilmarnock pies. Get fucked! It's a fucking Kelly pie. Alright? Assholes. Do you think folk from Kelly call it a Kelly pie when they fuck it? Actually, no, I'm not going to that. <laughs> Wouldn't it what? I was trying to think of how I could say that without sounding disgusting. Um, <laughs> you can't just say it, I'll cut it. Do you think folk from Killy call it a Killy pie when they fucking come in their missus? <laughs> you know how I said I'll cut it? I'm not. That is staying in. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Gave her my gravy. But <laughs> no. My baby gravy. <laughs> Oh, my special recipe gravy. <laughs> mm. 
Oh my god, I'm gonna puke. So just because we don't want to talk about Swamp Thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is the, this is something I've noticed when we're talking about films that aren't necessarily terrible, but aren't really that great either. Is it always makes for like a tangent-filled episode that I need to spend the better part of two weeks editing. <laughs> well, I just sit on the sofa and get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> ah, or watch movies, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, watch movies and talk about it on fucking Instagram stories, you wee cunt. <laughs> Jacob's <laughs> movie nugs. Dickhead. So, Swamp Thing keeps trying to pour out the vials of liquid, but eventually breaks the glass and gets frustrated with this and smashes up a shelving unit in the front of him. This causes Alice to run like fuck out of there and retrieve the notebook before jumping back in the skiff with Jude. Swamp Thing then just stands in the doorway and kind of watches them leave. Kind of creepily, if I'm honest. It would have been creepier if he was fucking rubbing himself, wouldn't he? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. <laughs> uh, he then proceeds to stop for a moment and smell the flowers before he notices the Mercs out in the swamp on a, a boat with an M1919 machine gun mounted in the fucking front of it. Yeah, they're not fucking around anymore. <laughs> yeah, they've got a fucking 50 cal machine gun mounted on this cunt. <laughs> like, they've went from, like... They've went from, like, con- from basically constantly trying to spear uh, fucking uh, Alice Cable to just going, like, fuck it. Boom! <laughs> yeah, they went from... They upgraded from every 80s... Fuck it, discretionary spending, let's go! Every <laughs> 80s action movie needs to have Uzis, so, you know. Well, they already had Uzis, I know, and then yeah, they, they already, to they the already had the Uzis, so that's what I'm saying. The, the Uzis were camelled up as well, which is kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. The mechs catch up with Jude and Alice, but are distracted by Swamp Thing. Uh, Ferret then calls on the other mechs to cut off Alice and Jude in an attempt to trap them. Swamp Thing then sneaks up to the boat, and once again, he grabs Bruno and <laughs> throws him into the water. Bruno gets fucked up by Swamp Thing more than anyone else in this movie yeah I mean Uh, more mercs show up and try to take it down Swamp Thing but he sends them and their fan boat fucking flying with one punch Mm -hmm. he's a good boy Uh, the mercs resort to then throwing grenades at the fucker while Ferret unloads on him with the 50 cal Uh, all Swampy takes a beating and for a moment it seems like he might be out for the count that is until he full blown goes it's it's not a flying nothing because he actually hits the cunts. What do you call it? <laughs> what would you call what he does? He basically just fully jumps out and he's like just in the fucking air. His hang time's insane. Mm-hmm. And what does he hit them with? <laughs> with both of his arms. Oh, well, uh, I don't know, I guess. And like... then he lands on his... But here's the thing that makes it different from anything I've seen. He lands on his feet. Yeah. Um... As well. And like, kind of, like, it's like a flying clothesline, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But, uh, and then grabs throw, so jumps in the boat with Ferret throws Bruno in the water again so this is twice in the one action sequence he's done it Bruno's gonna have like fucking ringworm or something then, yeah, then <laughs> Ferret gets thrown and then finally the third guy who lets out the classic Wilhelm scream as he flies through the air is that the first time we've had the Wilhelm scream on this show? no no, no. Mm. Uh, and then and I swear to god I'm not making this shit up right it's gonna sound like I'm making this shit up I'm not okay right Swamp Thing starts driving the boat <laughs> and well, it looks just as goofy as that fucking sounds it is so dumb well it's so fucking stupid looking he is kind of half man I suppose he can do that yeah, no, yeah, like I'm not questioning Swamp Thing's ability to drive a boat right I'm seeing how fucking stupid it looks on screen when you see this big green moss covered cunt right 6 foot 5 and made of nightmares 
just fucking diving down the road. I suppose it's like seeing a fucking... On a casual fucking fishing trip. I suppose, I suppose it would be like seeing Hulk Hogan driving a smart car, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. That's a very accurate description, actually. It's like Hulk Hogan in a smart car. <laughs> <laughs> he then just drives the boat and jumps out of the boat into the swamp just before it crashes into the last remaining fan boat and everything blows up. Yes. We then cut to Bruno, who delivers his report to Arcane. He says, smart. That thing is smart. Clearly not, or it would have fucking killed you several times over by now, Bruno. You jammy cunt. Right? <laughs> Bruno yeah. should be fucking deed Bruno. At the very least, as Jacob pointed out, the cunts get a ringworm. But like... He's been in that swamp water too much, you know. Far too much. <laughs> He's got like fucking parasites up his cock and all that shit. Yeah, aye. <laughs> Boz deep. <laughs> <laughs> so Arcane then says a strong... Ad- says, And this is what, again, another point, another like additional point to the nay cunt in this movie talks normal. Arcane says that a strong adversary is like a beautiful, dangerous woman. I've never been able to resist either. So does she want to study Swamp Thing or pump him? <laughs> is he like, is he is he going through the woods looking at Lycan and going, Oh mate, fucking hell. Does Swamp Thing even have a dick? I mean in this movie he's fully naked, so I'm assuming not. He's <laughs> just got a wee twig or something like he's a fucking he's a he's a Ken doll. He doesn't uh, have shit. Yeah. It's just mm. a big branch comes out really. <laughs> <laughs> So when he fucks, it does turn into the Evil Dead and all that shit. Oh, nah, fuck that movie. (laughs) Uh, We'll get to that at some point or another. Fuck that. Even Sam Raimi says, comes out and says, like, nah, I hate that shit. That was fucking terrible. (sighs) Anyway, so while this is all going on, Alice and Jude have managed to escape the skirmish. Alice plans to go back and help Swamp Thing and instructs Jude to take the notebook and hide somewhere safe. She gets, like maybe five steps away from the fucking thing, right? Before Jude screams out and then she just sees the skiff fucking <laughs> sailing on by with Jude in it face down. His fucking head's been caved <laughs> in. Fucking deed. <laughs> His head's been <laughs> in caved the boat. in. <laughs> then Ferret jumps into frame and captures Alice. <laughs> Swamp Thing hears this happening and we get a shot that... I'm pretty sure this shot is reused a couple of times uh, in the film. It is, it's the fucking... Well, it's Bigfoot- like a, tape I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, where it's yeah. just like a push-in of him just going, <laughs> like mm. looking off-screen to be like, oh, what's happening? Uh, here's got, he finds Jude lying face down in the skiff with like blood in his face. He puts his hand on Jude's face and it glows green and Jude is healed. Well, at least we know that Swamp Thing isn't a racist. So that's yeah, nice. true. <laughs> that's nice. I don't think we've even mentioned that Jude is black until this point. So, like... <laughs> well, there you go. Jude's black. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just a black kid, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't need to be mentioned until you made a race joke. Well, it's nice to know he isn't a racist. Yeah. But, but, uh, so know. Jude regains consciousness, puts his sunglasses back on, and sees Swamp no, no, Thing up close. No, he doesn't regain consciousness. He fucking brings him back to life because of all the restorative pro- you Yeah, know, I'm pretty sure the cunt's deed, yeah. Yeah, his head got caved in. Yeah. So, yeah, so he, reg- he regains consciousness. <laughs> yeah. He is back... But regains consciousness to make it sound like he was knocked out. He, he fucking brings him back from the dead. Swamp Thing is Jesus. No. Mm. Jude is Jesus. Swamp Thing is God. Jesus brought people back from the dead. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. Oh yeah, I forgot about Lazarus. Swamp Thing is Jesus. 
Swamp Thing is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we then cut to Arcane's boat where Ferret taunts Alice saying she fell right into their hands. Uh, Alice gives as good as she gets, however, having a witty comeback ready for each of Ferret's admittedly quite weak jabs uh, that he throws out. Uh, Ferret then forcibly kisses Alice and says, what do you say to that? She knees him in the junk and shoves him off the boat. <laughs> Alice then dives off the boat and swims away oh, while Ferret so gives chase with a machete. She runs right into Swamp Thing who finally manages to speak like, Cable, Cable, Cable. <laughs> 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 Ferret chops off Swamp Thing's left arm, uh, which hurts him but doesn't stop him. Swampy then grabs Ferret by the top of his head and squeezes. He fucking great Callies him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ferret's death is confirmed by the classic blood coming out the mouth. He's Having seen this, twitching. Alice faints. Yeah, his fucking body's twitching on the ground. Oh, yeah, well. he's doing like the whole death twitch thing. Uh, but no, he great Callies him. Like, fucking. Uh, do you remember this? WWE fucking. That big. Seven when? Foot, like 2007-ish. That might have been about the time that I stopped watching, to oh, be honest. I'm big sure. seven-foot Indian guy, Great Cali. Like, uh, one of his first matches was against Rey Mysterio. Oh, no, people. fuck yeah, he's do remember that, yeah. His head. He's just fucking squeezing. Oh, my God, this, that was brutal. And there's all this fake blood coming out of his mask and shit. Aye. <laughs> no, I remember that. I was fucked. Yeah, it was great. I remember seeing that and seeing, like, Rey Mysterio. And even then, like, still thinking that, like, that you know wrestling was real and all that seeing that and just going who the fuck put this together like who the fuck put who did Rey Mysterio piss off who put this poor wee bastard up against fucking Jason Voorhees who the fuck (laughs) Jesus Christ man Oh, great Calizum. It was a good match if I remember right though. Uh, I don't remember. I just remember him fucking. <laughs> just remember that moment, but yeah. He did it to the Undertaker as well. That was cool. <laughs> the Undertaker, there was no blood. It was just fucking vodka. <laughs> He's a whiskey man. He's a Jack Daniels man. Ah fuck! I, di- I didn't want to say Jack Daniels, so I just said the next drink that came to mind. No, he's a Jack Daniels. Is he a Jack Daniels man? Yeah, he looks it. Uh, so <laughs> he's a redneck from Texas. Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> So after a little bit of time, Alice wakes up in Swamp Thing's arms as he presents her with arm. the same flowers, sorry, arm, I should say, uh, that Alec tried to impress her with at the start of the movie. Swamp Thing then and confirms his identity to Alice, who calls him Alan. Not yeah. Alec. Yeah, it's like a Star Wars, hey, Carrie, at the end of the- Yeah, <laughs> although they dub over that. Yeah. But, no, but it's no, like he's showing her, he's showing her the flowers, inter- no, does this scientific is, name. Can I make an interesting point here? Mm. Uh... This mistake might not have actually been a mistake, but rather a leftover from an earlier draft of this script. Mm, fair enough. The original Swamp Thing was a man by the name of Alan Hallman. It was later in the comics run that Alec Holland would fall into the swamp and then take up the mantle. That's a fucking class way to come up with somebody else's name. I need to come up with a new guy's name. What's the old one called? Alan Hallman. Alec Holland. Fuck it, we're good. <laughs> Uh, Alan Moore, you fucking hack. You know, he's not a hack, he's pretty good. No, it wasn't Alan Moore that we'd done it. That was Alan Moore come in later. Oh, uh, whatever. But, uh, like, he fucking gives out, you know, the scientific name but yeah, for no, the flowers and shit. Yeah. And then, but, yeah. It's the Orchid. It's so, Opeth's yeah, first... So, al- it's Opeth's first album. Some would say their best album. <laughs> wow! <laughs> this guy knows his shit. This guy knows his weird Swedish death metal. Fuck yeah. Uh, so the two reconnect and spend time together in the swamp, leading to a pretty damn unnecessary scene oh, of this... Adrian Barbo bathing in the water of the swamp Adrian... while Alec watches. Adrian Barboobies. Now this is where... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, this is where the version of 
the film that we watched differs. There are two cuts of this movie. There is a PG-13 cut and there's an R-rated cut. No, 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 that was actually wrong. It's a PG cut and a PG-13 cut. So there's a PG cut and a PG-13 cut. We watched the PG cut, Mm -hmm. right? And the PG cut, uh, for the most part, the camera stays focused on, like, behind uh, Alice or Adrian Barbeau. And with a little bit of the side. No, it's on the side. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, In the PG-13 cut, there is essentially full frontal. Yeah, Wes Craven spoke about this. He was like, I, uh, we just had to do that just for the European cut. So the European cut when it came out uh, was full on titties, right? Yeah. Uh, the American cut of it was just side. But uh, he's just said that was just strictly for the European market. So fair enough. Okay, yeah. Apparently <laughs> Europeans love titties. Yes, we do. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> whatever Adrian Barbo nice, steps uh, around, yeah. so. Alex steps away from the water uh, holding onto the notebook and then throws it into the trees uh, meanwhile <laughs> Alice emerges from the water and is once again immediately captured by Arkane and his mercenaries fucking swamp thing running at this point is hilarious oh yeah because like, you only got one arm <laughs> yeah but it's obvious that like they just put his arm in the suit <laughs> so yeah he's, so he's he's, <laughs> he's kind of lopsided he's, his body's all of a sudden like all this fucking like like you say just lopsided and all that and his torso suddenly grew in width and this going down and rushes into save her with, this little rubber stump is just kind of like fucking flapping about in the breeze yeah <laughs> Uh, it turns out it was a trap as Arcane signals to a bunch of mercs waiting in the trees to drop a net on Swamp Thing. And mm. no, a net isn't a particularly muscular mercenary, it is a literal rope net that they use Ooh. that completely fucking immobilises the cunt. The classic movie net. To be fair, they do jump on him. They do all After the net gets him. Yeah, well. So, oh, Alice asks Alec if he knew they'd be caught, to which he replies, the only way out is through. It's at this point that Bruno emerges holding Alec's final notebook and hands it to Arcane. Later that night, the Mercs celebrate in Arcane's mansion with what has to be said is a very classy dinner party. Yeah, for being fucking... Yeah, for being a bunch of... Like, whenever you picture like a bunch of Mercs celebrating a job, I picture what happened in Vampires, uh, which is basically mm. just sleazy motel, shit ton of booze and hookers, right? The best but- night. <laughs> But instead what happens is fucking this mad, like, high society dinner. See, I like to think that it's just fucking arcane throwing that. Like, if it was up to the mercenaries, they'd be fucking... It would be booze and hookers. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Bolts and hoes! <laughs> They're in the swamp, they can do that. It's <laughs> a fucking They've great got movie the boats! That's a fucking great movie, I was watching that the Step other night. <laughs> yeah, I watched that in Team America the other night. Oh, what a fucking back-to-back, by the way. You Bolts been... and hoes! Oh god! It's the fucking Carolina wine mixer. <laughs> so, so as we say, they're all celebrating the classy dinner. Arkane then gives a speech congratulating Bruno for finding the book and capturing Swamp Thing. I'm surprised none of us have made an Encanto joke about fucking Bruno yet. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, I can't think of any context to do it for. Me him, neither. So. That's probably why we didn't do it. <laughs> so anyway, he gives a speech congratulating Bruno for finding the book and capturing Swamp Thing. The group raises a toast, and Bruno's cup looks suspiciously different to everyone Bruno's else's. Bruno's wearing a very snazzy turtleneck. He is, yes. Very skin tight, though. <laughs> uh, turns out, they dosed Bruno with their version of Holland's formula. Cue uh, some wonderfully dramatic acting as the formula takes hold, and Bruno does his best impression of the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, skin starts bubbling up and shit. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fucking gruesome, but also really cheap looking. <laughs> like, I remember getting spiked. None of this happened. 
Nah, you just had a fucking good night. I had a great time. (laughs) So, uh, I think we've told that story on the show before. Uh, Bruno then sinks below the table and emerges looking like an extra on Planet of the Apes. So, we then cut to the basement where Arcane visits Alec, who is bound in chains. He brings Bruno into the cage and Arcane asks, Why doesn't Bruno have your strength? Alex replies, He has the soul of a fucking monkey. (laughs) No, Alec replies, Because he never had it. Frustrated with Alex's answer, he brings Alice into the cell and then says the explanation or her. He never had it. He doesn't have the it factor, he bro. He, he don't have that dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> he just turns into Simon Cowell as well. He doesn't have the X factor. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Well, that, that, that's more of a Marvel thing. Uh, so... Mm. Uh, Alec then explains that the formula works in a simple way. Taking a taking a person's essence and amplifying it, saying it simply makes you more of what you already are. But th- <laughs> taking this into it's also the exact same explanation that we get for the super soldier serum in Captain America. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, so hold on. Taking this explanation into account, that it makes you more of what you already are. So with that in mind, Alec was a big slimy bastard obsessed with swamp. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, so the explanation leads Arcane to believe that he should take the formula himself as he leaves the basement. Upstairs, in Arcane's office, we get our Jekyll and Hyde scene. As Arcane pours himself a glass of the formula and steps outside to take a drink and give a quick speech about the nature of power and all this pish. I'll be honest, at this point I wasn't really paying attention. This film is fucking shite. Uh, We get a very quick scene in which Swamp Thing tries to reap for the light that is pouring into the basement from a nearby opening, but he just can't... for the stars... (laughs) I mean, it is the sun, so... I mean, it is the sun, so you're not wrong. (laughs) Reach for the giant ball of flame. (laughs) S-Club's lesser-known metal version of the sun. Fall into the flames. (laughs) Well... That was a a bit less metal, a bit more fucking Doom Eternal. Well, one of them is dead now, so... Oh, fuck, for real? (laughs) Yeah, they announced the reunion and one of them died. Who the fuck died? One of the guys, I don't know. Oh, fuck. That's a shame. He's not reaching for the stars anymore. Yeah, he is. He's made it. He's there. (laughs) 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 So that's him. Mm. He done it. Congratulations, Chief. Congratulations, you you graduated from S Club 7. You're now in S Club 8. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, they keep reusing the shot of him reaching up through the fucking light. Yeah, yeah. So this light, this shot goes on for a wee while. So we'll move on. As it keeps cutting in between in Arcane beginning his transformation and Alec reaching up to try and get to the light. Eventually, we see Arcane looking kind of like a clicker from The Last of Us. There's this like lichen all over his eyes and there's blood pouring down his cheeks. Yeah, that bit looked, that, that just looked pretty cool. If they'd kept that as his monster design, mm. I'd have been fine with it. And he's like drooling blood and shit. Yeah, yeah. but instead what happens is the next time we see him, he's he looks like a giant turd. Yeah, he looks like the shit demon from fucking Dogma. Yes! <laughs> he looks exactly like the shit demon from Dogma. But with less sweet corn. <laughs> I forgot they put sweet corn in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Uh, hold on, let me you see here. Yeah, so back in the basement, Alec finally manages to reach the light and we can see his arms slowly begin to grow back. I'm not going to lie. 
when his arm started growing back and his that little fucking thing, I just laughed. Oh, same. It's and so then, fucking funny. It's a tiny it's like little... The, this tiny little... It's basically like the fingers are like little spikes on a leaf, basically. And it looks so fucking stupid. Imagine like a really skinny alligator arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like one of those. Like, a, gec- a, like a gecko. <laughs> and it makes a fist as well. Yeah, it's like, just like... <laughs> at this point, I was fucking shit-faced. So just a just, raging baby. Just a... <laughs> It's a malnourished child. Just a mal, just a malnourished green child. So he then Arcane then begins to break out from his shell to reveal some kind of weird bat creature. I thought it just looked like a fucking hairy fucking warthog, you know? Yeah, it's a weird. It's it's it defies explanation. All I can say is it looks shite, right? It does, <laughs> it does look shite. It is terrible. Like the face looks like a straight up Halloween mask at points. The body is like Power Ranger, standard Power Rangers goop monster. It looks like a first draft of a Star Trek Next Generation alien. I, I I've not really watched a lot of Next Generation, but that makes a. But from what I've seen, yeah, that makes a lot of fucking sense. A first draft version. First draft, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they haven't got the makeup. It's like the OG anymore. Klingons. <laughs> OG Klingons just look like guys. Yeah. They didn't have the forehead going on, they were just dudes. I mean, that episode, they did an episode of The Next Generation where they visit back and Worf is like all embarrassed. He's just like, oh fuck, I don't. No, these are different. <laughs> I don't associate with these cunts. <laughs> these are different ones. Yeah. <laughs> but, these, guys, these guys are fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, yeah, the costumes look terrible in this. Uh, this is where this movie turns into a fucking Power Rangers episode. Yep. It looks like it so looks downstairs, like. I'll Ale- tell you exactly what it looks like. It looks like you're watching somebody filming a kaiju movie. Like yes. you're not watching the kaiju movie. You're just watching. You're watching film. someone film it. It uh, looks like behind the scenes footage of like a, of an eighties kaiju movie. And it's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. So downstairs, Alex has sorry. Alec has fully regenerated and breaks free from his bonds. And Bruno shows them a way to escape just as Arcane makes his way down to the basement, he can't... being sure to grab a fucking sword on the way down. Yeah, you saying Swamp Thing can't just break open this door? Yeah, he probably should be able to. We've seen him one-punch fucking... We've seen him one-punch a fucking boat. Yeah, <laughs> he can't open a door. The man knocked out a vehicle. <laughs> and he can't punch a door open. Fucking wimp. Yeah. <laughs> So Bruno distracts Arcane while Alec and Alice escape through a well. Uh, Alec emerges into the swamp, carrying Alice in a shot that is very reminiscent of the creature from the Black Lagoon, including like the way he's carrying her. It almost looks like the fucking poster of that movie at yeah, points. Apparently, yeah, apparently this well is like a hot spring or goes under the swamp or something. I don't fucking know. I stopped paying attention. I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, he explains it's like where they get their water from and it goes under the swamp. So if they swim down there, they'll... They'll come out the other end. Yeah, I don't don't fucking care anymore. (laughs) Uh, So then Arcane rises up from the water and we get our big final fight scene of the movie. And I'll be honest, this shit looks fucking terrible. Uh, During the fight, Alice gets stabbed by Arcane. Straight (laughs) up, just fucking stabbed in the chest. I once made a short Causing film. Alec to lose his shit and beat the man to near death with a tree stump that he rips from the ground. See, so then while El Arcane is knocked out, Alice then uses the same te- sorry, Alec even, uses the same technique he used to heal Jude to bring Alice back I wish from would, near death. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm just picturing my head just swamping, going over and just like sticking his finger in the wind going, whoo, 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 You'll get fixed. You'll get fixed. <laughs> fiddly do fiddly dee get back up and I'll break your knees <laughs> 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 
wait, holy fuck, is the Swamp Thing just like a is Swamp Thing just like a comic book version of the fucking Lorax? I don't know. I've never seen the Lorax. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced the Swamp Thing is just a more violent Lorax. Who's the one slur? <laughs> I know Tumblr had a thing for the one slur. Where they don't, we, a, we don't talk about that. That shit was weird. They wanted to fuck the one slur. They wanted the one slur to fuck himself. Oh. <laughs> and not like in the insult way. There was gen- there was a thing called one cest. So <laughs> moving swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> while this healing is taking place, Arcane gets back up and advances on the pair. Alice gains consciousness just in time to warn Alec of the incoming danger and Alec once again beats the shit out of Arcane See, before disarming him. See, that's how you warn him. people. Fucking ghost of <laughs> Martha's husband and deadly blessing. That's yeah. how you warn people. Yeah, she not, goes, behind you. Not, there's an evil coming. And, beware you know, the incubus. <laughs> beware the incubus that may be here today, may be here tomorrow, may be here in five to six business days. It will fucking eventually come. Maybe in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you warn people. None yeah. of this, none of this fucking bullshit. <laughs> So Alec then beats the shit out of Arcane before disarming him and ultimately killing him with his own sword. Alice tells Alec that then they can go home now, they can finish his work. Alec refuses, just being like, with these hands. Instead, choosing to return to the swamp and telling Alice to tell our story and offering these final words, I'll always be with you. Stalker alert. Can you leave the swamp? Right. In canon, yes he can, but he needs to return the swamp in order to rejuvenate. Also, I don't know why fucking Cable wants to stay in the swamp. She's going to get a really bad like, yeast infection if she stays in there. Yeah, it's going to be fucking, it's going to be terrible. It's not going to be good. She's going to be making bread and that shit. Like, it's going to be, it's oh. going to be bad. Uh, so, Jude <laughs> runs out and hugs Alice she's gonna and the two watch on as Swamp Thing walks into the heart of the swamp. She's going to be a human brewery. Yeah, uh, the... <laughs> The film ends on a freeze frame of Alec walking away. This was a fucking weird one. I hate this movie. Like, it's... <laughs> it's it's not the worst film we've watched for this show, by no. far, right? No, no. Because Memoirs of an Invisible Man exists, as does Ghosts of Mars. I know, I've said this to you before, I, I still think and the worst thing we've watched is... Captain America, 1990. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> this movie, it was better than Captain America. And I would say it was more memorable than Memoirs of Invisible Man. Yeah. Like, it's... Would I recommend it? Fuck no. Don't watch this shit. It's fucking bad. It's terrible. Even Wes Craven doesn't like this movie. He said the only um, positive aspect of this movie, uh, the only positive uh, outcome that this movie had for his career as a whole was that uh, when he was filming it, uh, he got the idea for um, Nightmare on Elm Street. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't elaborate <laughs> on how he got that idea. He just said that he came up with it during the filming of this. Apparently, everybody really did not have a good time making this movie. Fucking, they filmed this in the swamps of South Carolina in the summer. Oh fuck that! So it was roasting. It was muggy. They, uh, they said that it, it was, smelled like shit as well. They said there was an infestation of uh, giant black centipedes that would like drop down, drop down from trees and bite people. And that's fucked up. <laughs> um, obviously, I, I and I said that Wes Craven when he saw the costume designs, he was just. <sighs> <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, he, he's not a big fan of this one. Which, and I can see why it's. He says not this great. is like his least favorite of all his movies, and I have to question why. Because <laughs> well, because there's a a few 
duds <laughs> in his career, but I can un- I can understand it at least right at time of recording I can completely understand why this is Wes Craven's least favorite movie of all that he's done. Admittedly, I have yet to see what is to come, mm-hmm. right? But have just having experienced this for myself, right? This fucking f- I'm I'm like there's a there's a solid sixty percent chance that this film did a number in my mental health. Because <laughs> did a number on my fucking life. Uh, but anyway, would we recommend it? No. Fuck no. No. Don't watch this fucking movie. Like, even as a part of like, like there is right. There <laughs> are interesting aspects of this movie if you are a fan of Swamp Thing as a character, in terms of like how accurately it does Swamp Thing's lore and whatnot. Uh, Arcane is indeed a villain of Swamp Thing in the comics. I don't think he looks like he does like at the end of the movie in the fucking comics, though. I'll be honest with you. you could uh, see the suit, you while bad, is passable for the time in which the film came out. Although it does also bear, although we should also bear in mind that 1982, Alien came out what 79, three years prior. Yeah. And that's one of the greatest uh, horror movies of all time. I'm pretty sure they had a bigger budget. It had a much bigger budget <laughs> yeah. than this, to be fair. Alien, like, had a, had a hell of a bigger budget. So they, you can tell they were trying to do well with what they had. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have it in the first place. I that's what was, kills this film, I think. The only other way I could see anybody recommending this to somebody is if they recommended it to a Wes Craven fan, they're like, well, you've seen his horror things, but did you know he did a comic book movie? That's yeah. kind of, that's kind of, uh, a comic book action movie? Did you know that? That's heavy shite. <laughs> <laughs> that for some reason has a really kind of high score in Rotten Tomatoes. Though. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, yeah, the only way, other way I could, dis- I could, I feel like the riff tracks for this movie would be pretty decent. Like, if you watch this and riff tracks, it'd be good. Um, if there is one that I exists. Don't, I don't think there is one. Oh, shit. But, uh, Fuck it, let's make one. Uh, no. <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, this film, I guess people like this movie enough. There is a sequel to it. There is, yes. Yeah. So, um, as we said, it didn't do well in cinemas at all. Uh, but it did find a new lease of life in home video and syndication uh, through TV. Uh, done the rounds in like, the sci-fi network and all that kind of sh- uh, shit. And uh, done fairly well. Whenever it was on the telly, for some reason, people would tune in and watch. But not for me. <laughs> yeah, no uh, chance. No, so, not for me. That was 1982's Swamp Thing. Hmm. What's next on the docket, Jacob? Well, I'll give you two little updates here. So, uh, for the time being, we are uh, finished with Wes Craven, just for the time being, because we're going to move on to Marvel. But when we return to Wes Craven, we will be looking at uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Fucking yes! It's a it's a pretty good one, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's a pretty decent one, yeah. This is the right. I am biased as fuck. This is the film that got me into horror. Mm. This is the film that introduced me to slasher films as the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I am so excited to cover this and to cover West Craven's new nightmare as well. So, yeah, next time, when we return to Wes Craven, we will be covering Nightmare on Elm Street. But next week, we are going back to Marvel with X-Men. Wrong X-Men, but I appreciate the the enthusiasm. Well, 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 would you actually go out in these these outfits? What would you prefer? Yellow yellow spandex? spandex. Fuck you, James Martin!
Fuck I, you. No, I actually agree with James Martin. I don't like the yellow. You're outfits. gonna turn up and fucking hop. Fuck you. I anyway, I don't like the yellow outfits, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much, everyone, for listening again. Be sure. Uh, to leave a review on Spotify if you haven't already tell your friends about the podcast podcasts tend to live and die on word of mouth so we really do appreciate those of you that have went out of your way to tell people about this show uh, we have been steadily growing uh, as the weeks and months have passed so again we cannot thank you enough for that yeah, and uh, follow us on Instagram and all that shit follow us on Instagram at archive underscore panic and we'll see you again next week I've been Ben Niven Jacob Russo and we'll see you later <laughs>